Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Shimcast IRL. I am so excited to be here with a number of several guests. Some of you have been asking about um, guest host Tim Poole and when he's going to be back. He likes to hang out here with us. Uh, unfortunately, Tim, Tim is a sick man. Tim is sick. Uh, and he's getting the help that he needs right now. And so we're all just going to wish him well and and hope that he gets better soon. In all seriousness, he should probably be back in a few days. But technically, when I said he's a sick man, there was nothing factually incorrect about that. That is literally true, right? I mean, I, I have a lawyer here who can confirm that nothing I said was incorrect. At this time, we have no further elucidations to add to your statement. Thank you very we much. do wish to reserve our right to uh, make any additional uh, um amendments as might be required yeah well it's interesting how my first time ever hosting the show tim was like we need to send a lawyer in here just <laughs> to fact check him and make sure he stays on point all night we have a number of stories tonight the ocean gate uh, story the tragic loss of the ocean gate ceo and his son on the titan the minnesota ag warns target about their obligations to the lgbtq community uh, a pentagon accounting error to the tune of 6.2 billion dollars an irs whistleblower talking about hunter biden and his investigation as well as an ai saying that conservative women are happier and more attractive, interestingly enough, we have all of the juicy stories just in time for Tim to be sick and for me to take over. But let me tell you something, because I still care so much about my friend who's allowed for me to take the wheel tonight. I'm going to ask all of you to go over to castbrew.com. Check this out, all right? For, for, for the cost of one bag of coffee, you can support my sick friend, Tim. And... We will send you a bag uh, of coffee uh, in Thanksgiving. Now, of course, uh, I won't make any promises. Again, we have a lawyer here. You will go there. You will purchase the coffee. I can't tell you if it's going to have anything to do with Tim's recovery, but I think he'd feel a little bit better, at least uh, with respect to his morale, if you guys purchased some uh, cast brew coffee. And also, it's going to make me look good. He's going to say, look, you know, Shimcast hosted, and we, we moved more product than usual. What I'm telling you is I need this. I need this. So please, Cast Brew Coffee, uh, or just castbrew.com, get yourself some coffee. And while you're at it, I want you to head over to timcast.com and become a member, you dirty dogs. All right, you're sitting here, you're watching this content. Tim has built this massive platform so he could give you the news. We're very grateful to him. And if you are able to, we would massively appreciate it if you became a member, supported what he's doing, supported his mission, and help him grow out what he's trying to do here, which I think is a good thing, and I hope you all agree. You'll also get access to the After Hours show, which is going to be pretty spicy. So... Now that I have sufficiently introduced the show, uh, we have with us today the man who needs no introduction. What's your name again? I am Tim Poole. <laughs> well, hold on a second. We can't do this. 
you're you're the legal expert here. Are you able to impersonate him? Why don't you sue me? Oh boy! Bring like, it on. I'm not the one who's going to do that. I'm saying that like Tim might have a case no, against you at this no, point. No, actually, it would, it would be the best thing I could do for Tim mm. to actually speak in his voice in a way guaranteed to avoid any legal entanglements whatsoever. Yeah, it's much appreciated. That's why people hire you guys. Issues related to contagion and where he has been recently <laughs> before this illness. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm Ron Coleman. I'm yes. Ron Coleman, uh, Ron Coleman, the lawyer on Twitter. I mean, there are other lawyers on Twitter, but I'm the fun one. He's not the only one. <laughs> I'm the fun one, and I am um, so happy to be here. And everybody gave me little notes, little messages for Tim. And uh, I feel kind of like a schmuck, frankly. Why is that? Because Tim's not here. Yeah. Oh, they give you messages to pass along. Yeah, not tell like Tim not like get not like get well soon no stuff. No one gives a shit. Please. Oh well, maybe they're schmucks. Well, I want my friend to get better. Passbrew.com. No, no, get do. some coffee. We all do. We all, all right. do. We all do. You know what? That's enough out of you. That's enough. Yeah. You Listen, had, I could. I could go. We could. we have had a no. We 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 would like to continue this no, conversation. But uh, Hannah Claire, she's really going to be the one digging into you tonight. She is a very solid reporter at TimCast.com. Who has a few things to say about she tonight's stories? She has been gunning for bear since the second I walked in. It has been a very <laughs> frankly aggressive and and uh, pugnacious. Yep, that's me, Hannah Claire, aggressive brimlow. <laughs> uh, as you can tell, I think this will be a pretty contentious episode, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, my favorite part of this so far has been uh, Ron saying, "Yeah, Seamus, sue me and see what those cartoons will do." Oh my uh, goodness! I, I think that we're we're in for a show. Obviously, we hope Tim gets better soon, and if not, apparently there's a hostile takeover happening. I'm mm -hmm. not sure who's going to win. And, and by the way, I'll just mention this before you denigrate cartoonists. This is, this was a phrase that was uttered at art school by the professors. They said the painters look down on the illustrators. They say they're not real artists and the illustrators look down on the cartoonists and say they're not real artists, but no one tells a cartoonist that because a cartoonist can ruin your life. <laughs> Ian Crossland. Hi, Seamus. Good to uh, have you on. Thanks for having me. Who's yeah. going to win tonight? Everybody's going to win. Uh, when right. people go to Casper Coffee, Casper.com, that is, and buy their coffee, I think if we can get enough people, more people tonight to buy coffee than ever before, I think it's going to make a, I think it's going to make a real statement. Yeah, I think so too. Here's I another think it's statement. Make me look good. You were wrong in your intro. What was you I wrong about? The CEO homie? of Ocean Gate's son died. It wasn't the CEO's oh, son. It the, was a thank different. Thank you for fact checking. It was me. another guy. That. Uh, That's why you're here. Pakistani businessman Shahz da Dawood. I think I got his name right. And his son Suleiman. We'll talk more about it on the show. Yeah, yeah. I'm Ian Crossland. Happy to see you guys. Stay tuned. We got Serge Dupreya. Yes. Hi, I'm here, guys. Uh, hopefully, we'll keep this show on the rails. I think we're doing a pretty good job so far. Yeah. And, and the uh, good thing is that without Tim here, after you know several nights in a row, no one's going to know if we don't. Exactly. Mm, yeah, he's true. not going to watch. He's he never going to see this. No, I mean it. no one. <laughs> <laughs> I saw last night's numbers. Oh, wait till you see tonight's. We're 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 picking it back up. We're picking it back up. But right, uh, let's get yeah, started. Let's get started. Ian, I re actually really appreciate you mentioning that because the information I had here was was oh, incorrect, cool. and I, I wouldn't want to spread anything uh, untrue here or send flowers now, to the wrong house. Yeah, well, it's it's obviously um, a very very uh, sad story here. Uh, we've been covering this. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. So I'm going to read a, a letter that the Ocean Gate Expeditions a Twitter account sent out earlier. We're not going to read the whole thing, but I think the first line is certainly worth repeating, given it has the names of all the people who lost their lives. Uh, they wrote, we now believe that our CEO, uh, Stocking Rush, or I'm sorry, Stockton Rush, Shazda Dawood, and his son, Suleiman Dawood, Harish Harding, and Paul Henry... 
I'm sorry. Hamish Harding. Hamish Harding. That's my my mistake. And uh, Paul Hardy Nargolette uh, have sadly been lost. So they go on to say that these men were explorers who had a, a spirit of adventure. Uh, this is, of course, a very sad story, and I think that we should try to keep reverence while discussing it. A lot of people on Twitter have been laughing at the fact that these people died because they're wealthy, and we discussed that a little bit on last night's show, so we probably don't have to retread that territory. But I want to open it up to you guys. What do you guys think about this? What do you guys think about the fact that the Navy says that they heard or detected that there was a hull implosion several days ago and didn't say anything until now? Hull. Yeah. Hull. Hull oh, impo- implosion. Yeah. Yes. Because when I first heard you, I thought you said hole implosion. No, no, no. And that hole, not, yeah, been... yeah. I'm not sure what that would even mean. No, because yeah. the hole is... A complete kind of hole. implosion. Hull, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a complete implosion. The hole cracked, and they, they found debris, I think, about a third of a mile from the wreckage of the Titanic, mm-hmm. so... It, yeah, the, it, it Wall appe- Str- the Wall Street Journal is reporting that this uh, U.S. Navy technology that's used to find an enemy submarines picked up on what they now believe was this implosion around the area where debris was now found. And doesn't that answer the big question to at least one possible non-conspiratorial answer to the big question everyone's asking? Now believe. Now we found the debris. Now we know what that Mm -hmm. weird noise was. Mm -hmm. That's true. Well, this is something we were talking about a little bit before the show, but... There, there's something curious about the fact that they waited to release this information until after it was already made public that the debris had been found. And so know. people have been speculating about why that's the case. I can understand why they might not say anything because it's possible they didn't know initially what the noise actually was. And now that the debris has been found, they mm-hmm. can confirm that it actually was the, the uh, submersible imploding. And they would probably have some concern about dissuading rescuers from making attempts yeah. uh, by testing. Telling them we heard something that very well could have been this craft being or destroyed by the water inf- pressure. Sorry, or releasing yeah. information through the media when really these people have families who mm. probably want some dignity and some privacy while they learn possibly mm. that they've lost, you know, family members. So the Navy is claiming that they, I think it was the Navy, is that who it is, detected, they detected the implosion on Sunday or shortly after they lost contact, I think maybe on Sunday. Yeah. And then they let a global initiative to search and rescue go on without telling people, hey, wait a minute. Uh, Maybe because they found I so I'm having a problem with this. I'm, it's a very mm-hmm. emotional story. There's five people dead, which is which is and, and their families and God. But I haven't seen the debris. I don't trust the news. If they're going to tell me that this thing, they know now it imploded. They're very sh- almost sure that it imploded and they they found the wreckage. Like show me the evidence, man. I don't buy it. I don't buy this. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this was mainstream. It's like news. you don't believe the government. Yeah. Or something. yeah. How weird I don't that understand this. What, what, what is this? What there's is like this that I've been invited. To? Crazy corruption scandals about the president's son, Ooh. but all of a sudden this new piece of of pop news takes over and and they're trying to like shove it down my throat for five days. Uh. So I, I'm curious. What do you think? happened here then if you don't believe that this craft was actually destroyed by the water pressure or faulty construction uh for all i know it's still out it's still down there and they all died a really horrible slow death and they don't want to put that in the news Mm -hmm. what do you think their motivation would be for wanting to keep that they want to make they want to raise morale they want to be like they all died painless because i saw mike cernovich tweeted out they all had a painless death don't worry about it everything's i remember they said that about about uh the space shuttle Mm -hmm. and the challenger was a lie That's interesting that they would lie about something like that. What happened with the Challenger? They had a voice recording of the last minute because it started getting hot in there. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It didn't just break up. It started getting hot in there. Oh, I'd man. rather not talk about it. We've had enough awful, yeah. you don't have to dredge up awful news from 35 years ago. It was, or whatever the hell it was. Sure. 1984. I mean, you know. I think it was, no, 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 it was 1986. 86? I was in second grade. Mm. Well, it was 86. It, Hannah Claire, you made this point earlier about dignity, the fact that people had died, that they lost their loved ones, and there's a media fiasco around this. It's an interesting exploration because we want to look at these issues. We want to know what's happening in the world. And it's good that people were rooting for these individuals to live. You know, the public, at least the the pro-social segment of the public who aren't just completely out of their minds and would celebrate the death of somebody simply because they're wealthy, we're, we're rooting for this family. But I think, I think you're onto something with what you're saying about the fact that there's a level of sensitivity that needs to be considered here. And it goes beyond simply saying, I acknowledge something horrible happened here. There's an element of discretion that is necessary. Yeah, it reminds me of, and I'm loath to bring up a completely different political point, but uh, when Biden withdrew troops from Afghanistan, right, we lost 13 Marines. Would you want those Marines' names to be released in the media or would you want their parents to have a chance to hear it first, right? It's it's one thing we're all outraged by tragedy or we, we, we want to, to know what the end of this uh, submarine saga is. On the other hand, real people have lost and there has to be a slight time delay to deliver that information. Now, I don't know that that's necessarily the case here. Like we're saying, if the Navy picked up on some kind of sound, what is it going to do? Say, we think we heard something, but we're not sure. But maybe like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily serve. There's no reason to believe they didn't deliver that information to the, the powers that need to be the coast guard mm-hmm. whoever's searching yeah. again i i, I uh, agree with Ian here you have to remain a little bit skeptical i think what we're seeing a little bit now is uh the question of why did we finally get this information today that there mm-hmm. is debris that we don't think that there was an implosion uh, and what else is going on in the news media that that would indicate this uh this morning the news alerts i was getting were saying you know Today is the last day that they would have oxygen. Mm-hmm. So there is a reason why this sort of yeah. hit its crescendo today. We knew after today, if they weren't found, things were bleak mm-hmm. no matter what. Well, I'll also say this. We know, and based on what you were pointing out earlier about the Challenger mission and the catastrophe there, that the media has covered up for organizations to make the fact that people died horrible deaths seem less tragic by claiming it happened quickly and painlessly. However, I will say one key difference is the media might have some desire or motivation to cover for NASA, whereas I'm not sure what the motive would be to cover up for this small organization that doesn't really seem to have any connections to state or media powers. Especially when usually they're, uh, I feel like the federal government is very against independent exploration, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this was all uh, Elon Musk and uh, and uh, Richard Branson's efforts to get to space. I don't think uh, the federal government necessarily was was rooting them on. They no. see that as their right and their uh, s- exclusive uh, territory. Yes. Uh, again, private exploration of the sea, I think we stopped thinking about it because we became focused on space, but I'm sure there are reasons that people want to uh, plunge to the FC Ocean and see what's there. It really is uh, a world unknown to us. Yep. Um, and I don't think necessarily 
these people who have the money to do so were wrong for taking that risk. It's no. just an incredibly sad situation. We, I think, I think it's hard to see these videos on TikTok or Reels or wherever where people are kind of laughing at it because you want to it's remind horrible. yourself that like these are people who died and someone is grieving them. And I'll mention this. I think you're correct in saying that when it comes to exploration of parts of the world that are currently uncharted, there is a nobility in wanting to take that venture on. However, in the coming days or weeks, there are going to have to be some questions asked about the particular risks that Ocean Gate took in their construction of this vehicle and, and placing people on it and whether this was the best constructed craft, because there's been a lot of discussion about that. But maybe now is not the time. Mm -hmm. I heard there was a waiver. They signed someone on Twitter, and this is all anecdotal. I don't have the tweet, but they said that they had ridden with Ocean Gate a year ago and to the Titanic, actually, and mm -hmm. back. And they'd signed a waiver. And on the front page, it was like, you wave just in case you die. And they said it said death three times on the front page. Could be hyperbolic, but they're pretty much like, I think maybe these these people- So I, I actually heard, so my friend, um, uh, legal, legal Mindset, Andrew Esquire, YouTuber, uh, did a very good video that I think he posted, yep, 12 hours ago today, um, addressing potential legal issues that are raised by this tragedy. And going to your point again, um, because of, I think, what is generally a government hostility towards independent, well, any kind of independence, and certainly big independence like this, um, he seemed to suggest that this is going to provide an, an impetus for uh, more regulation. But I, I'm surprised that he said that because the first thing he said in his video, and, he's, and I think the video is great, is that we're, there's a jurisdictional issue here. This is international waters, and part of the reason there is, what, there is so little regulation hmm. is precisely because of the lack of a regulating or an enforcing authority. So the fact that many countries... See, everyone knows that in the world of sailing, the nautical world is... If you've had any familiarity at all with, the, with, with cruise lines... Mm -hmm. They're notoriously unregulated. They are scandalously unregulated. Everyone knows there's a problem. Everyone knows a certain number of passengers disappear, are yeah. killed, are robbed, are thrown overboard, and no one ever, there is no accountability. The fact that we know that these things happen doesn't make them solved. They're not solved. Yep. Uh, so I don't know if this, but, but there is some very, one of the things that, that Andrew did point out uh, was that you can sign a waiver you can waive all kinds of things, but you can't, there's a level of negligence, of gross negligence that you cannot waive away. Mm -hmm. I, by virtue of signing a waiver, that doesn't give you permission. Okay, now I can come into your treehouse. Great, welcome aboard, Ron. I'm going to shoot you in the head. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. Yeah. So there will be lawyers looking very hard at this. Well, uh, speaking of lawyers, the Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison actually warned Target about their obligations to LGBTQ uh, individuals. And of course, we know that means the LGBTQ lobby. That's what they're referring to whenever they talk about this community. So this was not just the Minnesota AG. There was a, a coalition of 15 AGs, and they reached out to the CEO of Target to offer support after the Pride backlash in an open letter where they said, and I quote, and, you know, please stay sitting. Um we understand Target recently pulled some Pride merchandise from its shelves, excuse me, from its shelves out of concern for worker and customer safety. 
uh, the letter says. That's while we understand very that very dangerous merchandise. It's extremely dangerous merchandise. It's gonna so, jump off the shelves and attack you. Exactly, and it, it could implode into a hole. <laughs> oh, okay, I forgot. So they release this letter where, of course, what they're saying to Target is, we understand, you know, why you were afraid. Of course, the right wing in this country is just absolutely out of control. You remember those riots that lasted for months at a time that, that you know, that uh, that far right group uh, must have perpetuated. We can't get to the bottom of it. But the Minnesota AG, Keith Ellison, wrote to Target warning that their decision to pull Pride merch, this is from Fox, by the way, um, this is their wording, uh, from stores encouraged bullying and will embolden hateful methods. So, hateful methods uh, and bullying. I would say if there was an example of bullying in this story, it would probably be from the LGBTQ activist who sent bomb threats to Target, but I'm curious to hear all of your thoughts on this. Well, we never want to empower bullying in this country. Um, definitely the progressive left has never ever tried to push its agenda in a, in a manner that would constitute bullying. They would never do that. Uh, I mean, I, I think this is ridiculous. It is interesting that, you know, it is a coalition of, uh, what, 15 attorney generals and the Minnesota attorney general is there. Mm -hmm. I, you probably already mentioned this, but uh, Target is based in yep. Minnesota. So there's a certain amount of pressure to uh, get in line, fall in line with your hometown. Um, it reminds me of the Bud Light boycott in some ways because initially it was the conservative saying, we won't drink this, Anheuser-Busch, you've gone too far, you're pushing inappropriate things to underage children. And... Um, and then on top of that, gay bars started boycotting Bud Light, saying, how could you not vocally support Dylan Mulvaney and everything else that this community represents? And so we're seeing the same thing here. You know, Minnesota is now saying, why are you not doing more, even though we will not acknowledge that you've lost billions of dollars? Exactly. And so, the, I mean, there's just so much to pull apart here. Firstly, Target obviously has a fiduciary responsibility to their stockholders to ensure that they're not tanking the price of their company and the valuation of it so that the people who have invested their money in them aren't, you know, completely SOL so on that's that. That's not investment. something Mr. Ellison... Is particularly it is concerned. particularly concerned with, as no. it turns out. No, the obligation is to the LGBTQ community here. Uh, and what they were saying, of course, in the, the letter was that they understand that there was a legitimate threat to the safety of consumers at Target. No, it was it was the consumers who said they were no longer interested in what Target was pushing here. That's the problem. What they're upset about is the fact that people were willing to stand up to this massive corporation and say, actually, we're not interested in having you force this nonsense onto us and our families. And of course, they call that a threat to their safety. And then they try to turn around and say, this is a threat, uh, threat to the safety of our customers. This is a very um, textbook left-wing tactic to just project. What they are trying to do is have a predatory relationship with their customers where they force any idea or perverse set of lifestyle choices onto those customers and they do nothing about it. So they're the ones who are actually a threat to the safety of their customers. They're the ones trying to victimize them in a, in a very real sense. When those customers turn around and leave, they say, well, the customers are actually being victimized by virtue of the fact that they're no longer shopping in our locations because the only explanation for this is, is big, bad, right-wing terrorist or whatever other boogeyman they want to invent to avoid accountability here. Yeah, I, I wonder, too, that it's just so arrogant of these attorney generals to not acknowledge that by telling Target, you have to keep this merchandise on your shelves for everyone to then take pictures of and share how it's not selling. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I think the bat one of the best things Alex Stein has ever done is go to Target and try on their tuck friendly swimsuit, right? Like they are. I think Alex also feels 
that that's one of the best things he's ever done too. Yeah, I think it's still so. Still burned in my mind, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think, you'll I never mean, forget it. His his feet has really really changed since that experience. <laughs> I, but I just mean, you know, when we again, I'll I'll draw back to uh, Bud Light. What did we see for the weeks afterwards? Pictures of these these stacks of Bud Lights not moving off shelves. And we yep. saw more cases of Bud Light with these crazy coupons saying, basically, please, we'll pay you to take this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can see on a number of levels why as soon as this happened, Target felt like it needed to pull the merchandise and to, to say... But is if, there, was if, there really no aspect of bullying? And there was, is this a complete fantasy... Is it the way no, you describe it? Or was it or, it's a total fantasy. No, it's nonsense. Their idea of bullying is you didn't comply with what I told you to do. You didn't obey me. That's what bullying means to a leftist. Well, were there were there even... I mean, for example, the school board, the bullying by exactly. parents and school boards. The parents bullying okay, the teachers. So, yeah. playing devil's advocate, which I'm often paid to do. You're a lawyer, yeah. I get it. Um, if parents become unruly or they mm-hmm. refuse to respect... You know, everyone gets two minutes to speak and you went over or mm-hmm. you, you're Matt Walsh and you're too effective <laughs> and compelling, uh, you yeah. know. But there, there's a sort of an immediacy and there's a sort of a menace. I'm, I'm in the most, I mean, this is pure democracy in mm-hmm. action. Mm-hmm. But is there anything even comparable to that? Were there any pickets anywhere Oh, in front of t- Target stores? Yeah. I bet there I were. Think, I think people, it's possible, but my understanding is what they're really concerned about is just the fact that people have stopped shopping there and their stock prices plummeted. I don't know if they would be as concerned about protests. But I think you- uh, and I, th- I think a lot of this is, I think a lot of what's happened with Target and a lot of what has happened with Bud Light isn't that there have been, you know, right-wing organizations getting protesters together. It's just that ordinary people have said, we don't want this anymore and we're not going to purchase your product. Well, not just that. We're not going to go to the, your stores. Whenever you, go, whenever you go to a Target, what do you see? People there dragging their kids along mm-hmm. because these are people who are, most of them are caregivers and also people don't work anymore. So everyone's there with their kids. And all of a sudden, kids are looking at these displays and these bizarrely configured, cl- you know, ar- ar- articles of clothing and asking very awkward questions. And what they want to have happen is for, is for the normal to become, mm-hmm. you should your your children should be exposed to this. Your children should ask these questions. And guess what? We'll even tell you how you should answer them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly right. And fortunately, consumers still have the power to boycott these organizations, and they would love to see that stop. Unfortunately, there are organizations that we don't have the power to boycott, segueing into our next story about the United States government and the Pentagon. So... You may have heard over the past several days while we've been taking a break from from Timcast that the Pentagon had a little bit of an accounting error, which resulted in an extra $6.2 billion for Ukrainian military aid. You know, I really wish that every now and again, one of these accounting errors could result in the American people getting tax cuts or money being returned back to us. But it's kind of fascinating how these mistakes seem to happen in one direction. So the Pentagon said Tuesday that they overestimated the value of weapons sent to Ukraine by $6.2 billion over the past two years. Uh, and I don't know, I'm sitting here thinking, we can't afford not to spend uh, an extra $6.2 billion on aid to Ukraine. And apparently they can't afford not to have it because we're still sending it over there. They still get to keep it. And there's absolutely no accountability. I mean, I can't imagine a strategy more foolish for determining how your national defense or even just expenditure is handled by putting it in the hands of people who pay absolutely no price for 
horrific mismanagement of those resources. Well, that's the theme of our era is no accountability. Mm -hmm. And certainly no one in the federal government is ever held accountable for things that they're quite rationally expected to be accountable for. Mm -hmm. I was saying before the show, as we were, uh, uh, you know, talking about this, that I'm surprised the Pentagon even bothered coming up with this story. Yeah. Since when do they even care? Since when do they need an excuse? Usually they just say, we just decided to send some more. Well, they've failed their last five consecutive audits. I mean, the, the and yet Pentagon- they're still in business. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine? L let me ask you this. As a legal expert, are you aware of any large corporations that have failed five consecutive audits and just been fine business as usual? Well, failing an audit is a funny concept. You know, I mean, when when audits that, there's that lawyer talk. <laughs> when audits, when when questions are raised by audits, boards of directors have responsibilities to follow up on those, mm -hmm. and they have a fiduciary obligation mm -hmm. to shareholders to make sure that problems are addressed. So you're you're asking the right question. The problem with government is that it is not only a word for how people doing stuff together. Yeah, that's right. That's what government means. It's just when we get together. And, it's, and, or, it's, or, and it's not even just a word for- Remember when we all got together and, <laughs> and accidentally gave Ukraine an extra 6.2 billion when we all just got together and did that? That's, well, that's what government is. What I'm kind of wondering here is one of the things I've kind of he heard recently was that they- Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A lot of the stuff that was sent to Ukraine, it was, actu was actually... The military was kind of happy to get rid of it. A lot of it was was outdated stuff, and mm -hmm. you know it gives them an excuse to replace those things with interesting new and better stuff. Uh, and maybe it's like a clearance sale, but for military <laughs> exactly right. Got to get rid of it. Yeah, got to get rid of it by shooting it at or or having we're not shooting it. Of course, we're not shooting it. Mm -hmm. These people are shooting it, it to salvage their independence and their pride. This I, I did not mean pride. This story, <laughs> different pride. But you did say uh, this story reminds me. I don't know if it's a meme or whatever. I saw on Twitter of like it comes up every tax season where it's like the government, you owe me money, me. Okay, how much? We can't tell you. That's right. <laughs> Is it this much? No, to jail. Like yeah, exactly. This doesn't make any sense to me because the you government know, gets to be like, let's stick a we pin. We misplaced six a, billion stick dollars. Stick a pin in that mm -hmm. in that conversation because I think we will be coming back to it tonight again also. Mm -hmm. I yeah. wonder if the if it's an inflationary thing. Like they they gave technology over, which two years ago when they signed the paperwork, it's yours was worth six point two billion less, and today they're mm -hmm. like, oh, well, the value's now. Or if they're just priming people. <laughs> Can you imagine a business? Imagine Amazon calls you up and says, "Remember when you bought forty dollars <laughs> worth of uh, worth of, of underwear? <laughs> yeah, right. It was sixty. It was yeah. more crazy, money. crazy yeah, mistake. Or, or just claiming that it was worth sixty after they sold it to me for forty. <laughs> right. Well, or if what they're doing is priming us for another uh, announcement that they gave a forty billion um, of an accounting error. See, for me, it's like yeah. why 
it's the federal government, right? If they had just been like, and then we decided to give them $6.2 billion. Yeah. Don't, like, that's, they would have done that. To me, this means they knew that they were going to get caught for some reason. Like they only mm. admitted it and got out in front of the story. The government does not do things afterwards. But like but, you said, Shane, what would have happened? If, exactly. Oh, no, we we, we failed you an audit. You caught me. <laughs> Let me see your wallet, sir. Like every single time. They, like I said, I they never like pay any price. On being I want like, to. What are you going to do about it? That's, that's exactly what I was about to say. Sometimes I wonder if there's a little bit of rubbing people's faces in these kinds of situations, I, I, I almost wonder, and I know it's a bit conspiratorial, but if they come out and they admit these things because they just want to confirm that you're not going to do anything about it, there's not really going to be any backlash. Well, that's the FBI. Mm. That's the FBI. Yeah, we, uh, we, you know, that, that whole uh, secret court thing where we're only supposed to, you're supposed to trust us and... We, we, we that ab- issues warrants and makes abs- all types... We absolutely blew that. I mean, we just, it, it, I don't know. We would, I don't know. We were drinking. I don't know what it was. Uh, it, it was a, someone made a dare. I don't, but we, we took a lot of stuff, a lot of secret confidential stuff that, that uh, we shouldn't have taken, but mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever, right? Well, it, and I mean, the, the FBI has admitted to far more horrific stuff than that too. I mean, FBI and CIA, when you just look at the things that they've leaked, you go, I'm glad that they were transparent about this, but not to get too sidetracked, hearing about things like, you know, MKUltra or um, Project Northwoods, any of these things that were going on behind the scenes that if the American people had known about them at the time, they uh, might have actually attempted some kind of coup. <laughs> and then you, you go, well, they're telling us now and they're also telling us that they would never do anything so horrible again. So I guess everyone's just kind of kind of roll over and uh, obey the regime. Uh, I've been thinking about secret police lately. Like it's secret police. And they've been thinking about yeah, it. Well, they are. The <laughs> FBI, the CIA. <laughs> Secret, they're secret police. Um, we've had them for 100 years. Secret police are okay if they're not attacking themselves, like if they're not attacking their own government. But when it starts to invade and attack, it's like an immune um, response. It's like, uh, what do you call it? What, what's like HIV? It's uh, attacks the immune system, immunodeficiency. So this is like an immunodeficiency when the secret police turn on itself. So like the fact that it's going after a Republican candidate for president, for instance, mm. like, for or whatever, tapping people's phones in the United States. Like that's a, and the Nazis had a secret police that went after itself. They started going after their own people. So like we got to, I'm, I'm okay with allowing a CIA to exist, psycholo- like spiritually even, having a secret police force. I understand there is value, massive value to that. But- uh, to protect our, our our species and our environment, but but man, when it goes on itself, that is, I don't know how to make it not go on itself either. Once it if it starts, like how do you how do you turn it around without having it gutted? You know, mm. when you mean go in on itself, what exactly are, are you saying? Like there? if it starts to arrest other other people within the political system okay, of the country saying. that it's supposed to operate. Well, this actually was most prevalent in um, the NKVD in the 1930s, and and the the, the, the astonishing thing. That Stalin, among many of the many astonishing things that Stalin achieved was he gutted the leadership of the NKVD. What's the NKVD? That was the predecessor of the KGB. Uh, same exact thing. I mean, he would sometimes split them into different ministries, internal, external. But the bottom line is, so you know, Soviet secret police were turned inside out, and it had been understood. Pretty much, you know, since Lenin and through the early purges of Stalin, that to be what they call the Czechist, 
was to be a uniquely privileged person. You were the elite. And yes, from time to time, the number one guy would get his head chopped off. But yeah. being a dutiful checkist was still a very secure. And then all of a sudden, those had, and, and, and it was an, ex, an extraordinary ex, um, um, implementation of power on Stalin's part to be able to do that and not result in, in a, you know, in, in, in a kind of rebellion there because there were so many different internal monitoring systems of the internal monitoring systems that you never knew which circuit you were pulling on, you know, which wire you were pulling on hmm. is. So it can be done and, and it, you know, it, it, the more power, and in fact, the more powerful and invasive your security state is, the more likely that is to happen. That is that a strong man can, can start picking it apart without it realizing that it's being dis destroyed or, or even capable at, at stopping itself from being. Although I'm not sure that the CIA as such or the NSA mm -hmm. or the FBI have really suffered any harm themselves no. from themselves. American security has and exactly. American citizens have. Yeah. Well, and, and that's and that gets back and to the problem. And of course, Tim's voice. What we're discussing. I mean, yeah, exactly. We, know exactly. we know exactly what happened. But, you know, Ian, you were talking about these agencies turning on themselves. You were talking about some examples of that. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier about these organizations not really being held uh, accountable. So the NSA, the CIA, the FBI, I mean, in theory, you could argue that like at the very least, the FBI may be a federal police force. Again, I, I don't love the idea. I'm not saying I'm in favor of it. But if you just wanted to make an argument for a kind of federal police force existing, what you, what you would need to do is create a very strong incentive structure for it to not go off and, and, that and was do what things church, that are against the interests of the American people. And the church that committee, a, which none of you will remember mm -hmm. but you've heard of Certainly which not. investigated the mk ultra stuff yeah. and the spot you know the domestic spying yeah. was supposed to resolve that mm. and what they didn't count on was that congress would completely drop the bow on its oversight mm -hmm. and also you know what the you know the post 9 11 security you know uh and secrecy reforms so to speak the legislative permit that was given to the security state to essentially operate with a degree of comprehension that would have been in inconceivable mm -hmm. in the 70s when the, when the church hearings took place and which uh, are incredibly invasive and there's no accountability. Yeah. Do you think that we need these agencies in today's America? Like, should we terminate the FBI? To your point, I, I can't imagine competing in the global world the global world as opposed to the this the flat one which yeah everyone, well i was gonna say yeah, we don't we don't want. talk about that till the after show <laughs> the all right world. you saw what happened all right don't make it happen again i don't see how you could not have it but on the other hand i don't see how you you, you must they must be accountable and Time to say the cliche, who watches the watchers? Well, exactly. Well, and this is the thing, right? They are watching everybody else. So you look at the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, and all of the mass data collection that's gone on, the fact that they have information on literally anyone who could ever potentially stand up to try to regulate them. It seems to me you're either going to need a squeaky clean person in politics or someone in politics who doesn't care if they get exposed and have their life ruined or somebody who's both of those things. Or they're just going to keep doing whatever they want to do forever. Because even if you do find that person or enough people who fit that description, 
it's still a long shot. I don't want to be too blackpilled about this, but these agencies are incredibly powerful. There's, there is a reason they were able to have the information come out to the American people that they were literally with the Joint Chiefs of Staff plotting against the United States by planning a false flag attack or, you know, with MKUltra doing secret experiments on American citizens uh, and still continue to exist, right? It's because they're pretty much impossible to get rid of at this point. And, and, and uh, you know, the question of... Let's say you you were made king for a day, right? So you had the power to disband the FBI. That might not be such a great idea because now you have a lot of people with a lot of sensitive information and a lot mm. of powerful tools who are unemployed mm. and are looking to sell what they know. They're looking to become freelancers. And we're not going to put bullets in the back of all their heads. The most, The vast majority of them are respectable people and they have their own, they have families, they feel like they're doing their duty. Uh, I think we have all been disabused of the notion that they are, you know, won't do whatever they have to do to maintain their jobs. And as I said last night, uh, you know, their pensions and mm -hmm. fine. But be that as it may, you can't just wish, you just can't wish that away. And, and it is extremely, it's a ratcheting effect. Very hard to imagine how you loosen, how you loosen that. And by the way, we do have, serious rivals on the world stage as well as serious problems with crime and with uh, you know and and with cybersecurity both internally and externally and corporate espionage you do need sophisticated help and mm -hmm. government is very well positioned to do that and mm -hmm. i've never been the the biggest libertarian in the world can i could i make i bet if tim were here he could make an argument, uh, you know, along the lines of private, you know, privatizing those kinds of services. If you've mm. got, if you're a corporation and you have information that needs to be protected, or if you're a person that needs to be protected, move out to uh, Maryland along the, the the border of West Virginia, and you know that's everyone can do that. Uh, but be that as it may, I think there's a very strong consensus. And by the way, this is another point: the vast majority of Americans don't know that there's a problem. Yeah. Well, speaking of it, you, you were kind of mentioning these sophisticated tools of analysis. Well, there are some stories that we can get to the bottom of without very sophisticated tools or even minds which are very analytical. We're watching we a very, been... very special segue happen. <laughs> oh, we're yeah, watching a very special segue. And just you wait, guys. I almost stuck the landing and then you had to make fun of me. Book more, just... book At more. the end of the All show, right. please Eighth. rate his best segues and his worst segues. <laughs> we're we're going to make stamps. we're gonna make a time stamp. Exactly. After the show, we're going to do a compilation of, of my best and worst uh, segues. Well, I'll just drop the name of the story. I'll just drop the title of the, the article here in the story we're going to talk about. Uh, U.S.-funded scientists were among three Chinese researchers who fell ill amid the early COVID-19 outbreak. Identification of three who worked at Wuhan Institute of Virology fuels suspicion <laughs> for proponents of lab leak theory. That's quite an understatement. Uh, a pr uh, prominent scientist who worked on coronavirus projects funded by the U.S. government, do I have to keep reading, is one of three Chinese researchers who became sick with an unspecified illness during the initial outbreak of COVID-19. And let's keep it unspecified because the current poisoning. and former U.S. officials. So maybe YouTube, it's right? whatever Tim has. Yeah. Maybe someone else had to take over his podcast for a day. <laughs> I have no idea. But what I will say is this. 
We have had a number of conversations on this story about lab leak hypothesis versus the it came from a bat that lived a thousand miles away from where the virus first sprang up theory, which I guess a nickname we could give to that a shorthand. Stupid. The, the, the insane stretch. I, I don't know what else to call it. We have had conversations on this show about the fact that there are certain theories that we as the American people didn't have access to because information was withheld from us. This is an example of the American people having basically all of the facts that they needed to have to come to the correct conclusion very early on. But the media just continually gaslighting people about drawing the most obvious possible conclusion. The reason the term conspiracy theorist is so effective is because what it does is it generates an image in the mind of the person who hears that term of an individual who doesn't go for the most succinct, credible, reasonable, and simple explanation, but who instead will make any kind of logical leap or stretch to believe whatever it was they wanted to believe in the first place. Now, to me, that sounds a lot more like that description fits somebody who thinks that COVID sprang up in a population of bats that live a thousand miles away from Wuhan, as opposed to having come from the virus factory where they were doing gain-of-function research in the city where the virus first sprang up. For our good. For our good. Okay. And How can you question science? We, I know, I know. And and with details now emerging, I mean, I, I just have to laugh. I'm glad that this story came out. I'm glad that this was published. I think this is valuable information for the American people to have. Did we need this? Did we need this information to come to the most obvious possible conclusion here? Uh, well, I, I think it is important that we start to find out Agreed. who's funded by the U.S. government, including mm -hmm. if Chinese researchers were being funded and getting sick. In, were they working in the, the COVID uh, factory, the uh, Wuhan Institute. Yeah, they were they COVID were working factory. at the the <laughs> Wuhan factory where they were working on COVID, and they got ill, being funded by U.S. government. I mean, it's the most obvious. It's it's insane. I think right? it's notable that it's coming from the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. Right. This isn't a fringe group it's that's exactly this. exactly what I was thinking. Is that okay? Is this going to be another Fox head? Oh. No, it's not Wall Fox. Street Journal. It's yeah. not Newsmax. It's no one who. Also, it's so frankly, it's I don't believe it. It's Wall Street Journal. I don't, but it's I don't not the Wall Street Journal editorial page either. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's no. it's the. They are presenting it department. as fact. They mm -hmm. they feel as though they have the evidence to back this up. And I I can't speak specifically to the Wall Street Wall Street Journal, but most of these major mainstream outlets, we can kind of guess what their track record on this theory yes. was, where they cited. The fact that this is being reported, I mean, we are three years out. Some A lot of people's attitudes towards uh, the pandemic have really shifted, uh, but it's notable that... I I'm I now am very pro. You, you're for it? <laughs> yeah, I think, you think it, it was, was a good time? It was a changed your mind? Looking back you have to catch up. Opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You got to work <laughs> out a lot. You're a bodybuilder now, right? That's, That's what I mean, I heard. that actually Eight might be what Just they try Google to... Can, they, they might try to convince the American people to be in favor of it just so that they don't have to take accountability. Like, maybe this was a good... Maybe we needed this We time all get to ourselves. spend more time at home. Yeah, I don't think Fauci had enough medals. bodybuilder. Uh, no, but I, I think that's the thing you should take away. Yes, like you're saying, maybe we all already knew this information. Maybe this is drawing uh, forth a conclusion that a lot of us had already assumed. But the reason the answer to your question is no is is that read that last sentence. The identity and role of the researchers is one piece of intelligence that has been cited by proponents of the judgment. That, <laughs> that's actually not very good writing. The proponents of the judgment that the pandemic originated with a lab leak, and that is not an award-winning sentence, but no. it's still, They're they don't actually take the position that 
this tends to prove, or this proves, that it was always bullshit that it was anything yeah. other than the, a lab leak. The nature of their Ill- illness hasn't been conclusively proven. Yeah. So it's just a bunch of facts we're going to line up, but we can't say what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, again, there's one extremely obvious Now, Tim would here. not appreciate if we got him demonetized. No, no, no. So th- this is one of those things <laughs> so, you are able to discuss, but we probably shouldn't push out further into other questions of the medical science that YouTube would. Uh, we're not frankly. questioning science. We're questioning the Wall Street. We're yeah, questioning the Wall Street. Wall Street. My problem when I talk about the medical science, too, I think, well, there, there are certain elements of it that you're not allowed to discuss because that's, you know... Uh, how science works but i know that with this the establishment is actually starting to admit that this is clearly true that's what i'm thinking and this is what the vibe i get it, it seems like people are like okay we've kind of figured out what happened and now these news organizations i don't want to speak for all of them but the ones that relied for so long on printing newspaper are failing they don't have the income that they used to have in there they need to get to break the story so one of them is going to be like you know what we're done with pretense print it print it first Print it before mm. the New York Times, print it before whoever USA Today, just print it first. We'll be the guy now. Yeah, I, so, I think you're right. There is a in news media. There's a lot of be there first as fast as you can. And and also, this is not a Democrat centric story as such. Mm-hmm. This is the uniparty. This is the deep state. This is the administrators. This is the big government. So that there's a little bit more room for that kind of reporting. It's not like reporting on the Bidens. Yeah. Yeah, and it actually makes the US government look kind of bad, which might be good for other countries. So who's behind this news propaganda? I don't know. You have to research who owns the Wall Street Journal then, right? Uh, I wonder how much money BlackRock's put into the Wall Street Journal. Let's find hmm. out. That's a good question. Yeah. Please look that up for us right now because that's uh certainly valuable information. I, I mean, I think I've pretty much made my point on this that the the explanation here from the get-go was unbelievably obvious. We've had a, a number of different people in media and uh, in, you know, the, the channels of the United States government and actual like uh, official institutions that people look to as authorities throughout this entire pandemic come out and say that they were not either being honest with us from the beginning, but maybe a better way of putting it is saying they weren't being truthful because that doesn't necessarily demand that we believe that they are being intentionally dishonest, just that what they were saying clearly wasn't true so there are certain see i got the lawyer the lawyer the lawyer appreciates me saying that because you just hit on something that i actually had wanted to say before but Mm -hmm. i've forgotten which was Mm -hmm. misinformation Mm. information they want you to miss oh i like that thank you misinformation is a made-up word there's dis with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Information. Disinformation is an affirmative attempt to lie to you about reality. So that you, for policy reasons, for political reasons, guy, misinformed. I was misinformed. They told me the show started at seven. It starts at eight. Mm -hmm. Someone made a mistake or even someone did it on purpose. I was misinformed. There was never such a thing as misinformation. I mean, there might have been, the formative might have existed theoretically, but misinformation is something that was created in the social media era as a term to describe what might not be true what might not be truth, but to make it sound like those who repeat it 
are engaged in disinformation because it's rhymes with and it alludes to disinformation but accusing someone of disinformation is almost saying that they're competent state actors or something mm. you don't want to say that you want to say rather that they're interesting they're yeah. so that that's what a lot of what we're talking about that's the theme and you mentioned this you sort of mentioned it earlier the idea is to get across an official narrative and to put to marginalize anyone who departs from it as being engaged in a in misinformation, not in misinforming people. Because when you misinform people, it's like I said, I thought the movie started at nine. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. Uh, people make mistakes. No, it's because you're bad. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's a, a very good point. It's a very good way of, of looking at it. Thank you. Uh, I think what everyone has to remember here is the media, you know, social media platforms, and basically everyone in government, including people in government who are actually colluding with social media companies to have them censor people from those platforms, were claiming that their interest was in protecting the American people. Now, if it's true that you are genuinely just a seeker of truth who wants to use the best information available to protect people, then when your track record ends up revealing that you have been consistently incorrect about important details, which you punish people for speaking truth on, you'd imagine some kind of humility would be demonstrated and you would loosen your grip over the control of informational uh, flow or you would loosen your restrictions and on some things they have. However, they still act with a degree of authority and certainty, which is not only unearned, but what which has been thoroughly dismissed and refuted by the facts i would say has been entirely undermined uh by their own track record it's either that it's that they were uh incompetent or malicious and Mm -hmm. either way i'm concerned with that's why i just don't buy anything at face value anymore it's really eroding my will to live i will admit oh dude like on a yeah like it's it's just happening slowly like piece by piece is coming out of me stone by stone i'm like i'm i'm I'm, it's getting dark like the future I, i don't see a good future in 10 years with this AI revolution and the amount of stranglehold that the U S government seems to be trying to keep on people. Like it just admit it sometimes, you know, like let it out of let Mm. people live and thrive. Otherwise I can't imagine anything good happening in the next five years geopolitically. I mean, not, not nothing, but I'm saying I, I don't, I mean, if, 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 if people, if they're willing to shut off people's bank accounts that are trying to live off the grid, like what the hell are we doing to ourselves? Mm. I'm very concerned, man. And by the way, the Vanguard Group owns 18% of News Corp, which owns uh, the company that we were just talking mm-hmm. about, Wall the Wall Street Journal. Journal. Yeah, Vanguard. Yeah, man. Um, I, I hear a lot of what you're saying, and I think there are a lot of people in the audience who probably feel similarly about seeing a very bleak future ahead of them. But I mean, don't lose your will to live over it. Say, you this you, is you matter. Cast, I mean, you matter Grimcast. as a person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Grimcast. Welcome no, Ian, home. but Ian, like, get you, some you, coffee. You, you, <laughs> that might be part of it. It's too much coffee. Too I much coffee. But maybe cast. Maybe brew. you just got so blackpilled by that information. It, and about I will say, Vanguard. if you work in news media and you just consume these stories back to back to it's back true. to back to back, it's it is, true. It is easy for it to become like you do. You you, you have to research for the show. It gets really dark. On the other hand, you have to remember all the things that happen in your daily life that are worth continuing to push against the system for. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I, I I don't it's just like a psychology hour I, if I have kids what are they going to be 20 years old and shipped off to the military to fight some war or or like a defensive nuclear war like against robots what well if you, if you decide order- not to push back I mean that's part of a part of self-determination right like you have the free will to be actively present in the life you have right now and to do what you can to make the world uh, a place that you would want to pass down to your children I think yeah. you have to resist giving up 
Yeah, man, because you can't lose hope. The, the, the establishment actually thrives off of you not having hope. When the people they're trying to subjugate don't see a path forward, that's when they win. That's when they win. And that's part of the attack on religion. Yep. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. The attack on religion and the attack on the family as well. You mentioned something about children. Again, I don't have any kids, but from every single parent I've ever spoken to, it sounds to me like like choosing to have children is a tremendous act of hope. You're, you're hoping that there will be a better future. You're, you're being optimistic and saying, I'm going to bring life into this world because I think it's going to be a good thing that that I did it. Was uh, You mentioned to us before the show that you renewed your faith in your early 20s. Was this idea of hope and having a path forward something that did that for you? That's a good question. I mean, really, you know, growing up in, in what's considered to be a secular Jewish environment, although it was very strongly ethnic because of the immigrant component of my parents and my, and grandparents, you know, and then finding myself as someone whose own parents had not gone to college and all of a sudden I was at Princeton. So I was in the very precipice of... What, in an elite school. A, yeah. An elite school and sort of supposedly the entree into the elite of the world, which is not what I learned much, much later was that these schools mostly perpetuate networks. They're not there to invite you into their network. Although if you want to de-self yourself enough to mm. really be a member of the club, you de -self could. De-self yourself. Well, that, well, but that was precisely, that's yep. actually a Jane Coleman. That's my wife's, that is my wife's phrase. Not that she ever uses it. You know what Woodrow Wilson said? The purpose of academia is to make a man as little like his father as possible. Yes, and uh, that's why his name has been stripped off every building in Princeton. <laughs> Ironically I think enough. That's, honestly, I think that's the one thing he said they'd probably love. Right, but not, yeah, not, not exactly. Not, they not moved not away from their ideological father. But the answer to the question is yes. I mean, uh, uh, looking, at, looking at this strong identity that I had and then looking at what really assimilating really meant and... The fact that I knew that I, I, I had an, an, an inherent belief in God and in the validity of the Jewish tradition as being something that was valid and meaningful to me, it, what I did was I went, to, uh, I went to Israel to study and became much more knowledgeable about my mm -hmm. heritage and actually took a couple of years between graduating law school and starting my career, my, what would eventually become legendary legal career. <laughs> um, to uh, did uh, did did, to did religion Talmud. bring some humility to you? Uh, imagine what it was like before. <laughs> can you just imagine? I don't think I can. No, actually, it, it, well, there's it, not all well, that's much more humbling than being 25 years old and have a degree from Princeton and from law school in Northwestern. Yeah, that sounds really humbling, man. And no, no, no. And then going to a <laughs> beginner's yeshiva in Israel Oof. and learning. Basically, the ABCs. Yeah, you know stuff that my kids learned when they were seven and eight. Yeah, so that was, but the humbling um, effect did pass. Yes. Yeah. No. Of course. Well, <laughs> and, and I'll I'll mention this, and I think we could have a, re a really fascinating uh, discussion about this and about uh, religion and faith on the after show. But this is one thing a lot of people are deprived of is a religious education because parents say, you know, I want to let my kid choose when they're older. Your kid's going to make a choice when they're older, regardless. Give them an inheritance. Give mm -hmm. them a faith. Teach mm -hmm. them something so that if they do choose it, they don't have to start from square one like they're they're like a little kid learning it all for the first time. And my friend from Princeton days, Yoram Hazoni, writes in his books about national conservatism mm -hmm. and about conservatism. People are under a misapprehension. They think, well, why should my child be exposed to our particular religion? Mm -hmm. Sure, he has to have religious education, but what makes our family's tradition 
any more valid. Stop asking a stupid question. Okay, <laughs> It's your family's tradition. It's what made you who you are. Do you like your parents? Do you like your grandparents? If you don't, it's probably because of Freud. Throw that stupid ass tradition out the window. Based. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we agree on that. We definitely agree on but throwing we, Freud we, out. We, we can save more yeah, of this. And I, I think we'll save more of it. Well, one thing I would say to Subscribe. people too is like when you start learning about like Christianity and Catholicism and decide to become Catholic, then don't, don't, you know, feel free to, to not Told do you the same thing. You're going to be a contentious show. I just knew the blame the Jews <laughs> card would be played <laughs> We'll talk I, about I it, it on the after show. We'll talk about it on the after let, show. Let me give you a touch, wanna, a touch yeah, yeah. more of the black pill before, and maybe yeah, yeah. we can carry the rest on to the after show. Because the next story is a black pill, so, so let's I, get both of them I gained once. a faith in God 10 years ago or mm -hmm. so, 15 years ago. I started to feel it. I was like, okay, cosmic microwave background radiation, radio telescopes can see this web of, of radiation. I'm like, maybe this is God or part of, maybe I'm seeing like an after effect of it or something. But then I'm like, okay, the last week, I was like, oh, geez, good and evil. People are like, good triumphs over evil. And all the movies, good triumphs over evil. And I'm like, you know what? I think most of the time, evil triumphs over good because it's willing to destroy. And then it just tells people it was the good guy. And I think that's the history of humanity. So even if you believe in God and all these things that we're supposed to believe in and have faith, it's like, then what? We're going to perpetuate this cycle of evil taking over again and then brainwashing everyone to think that they were the good guys. Again. Wrong! Oh, it's so pessimistic. We'll get into it on the after show. Thank you. Yeah. We'll get into it on the after show because we have, we have other black pills that I have to oh, feed people right now. Otherwise, I'd want to stay on this topic. So we will flesh it out later. But uh, speaking of humility, we've got a story about Hunter Biden here. The uh, most uh, humble member of, I guess we could say our royal class in the United States at this Gross. point, especially when you look at the way that they're treated. I mean, no, effectively he's he's royalty. People, it's one of the number one critiques of uh, monarchy and it's one of the number one reasons people supported democracy. What happens if you're in a monarchy and the king just has an absolutely horrible family, you end up being ruled by complete degenerates. Well, get Robin Hood. <laughs> that's not a what if. All well, right? I mean, that's literally what has, is happening to us right now in a democracy. De plenty of depravity in the history of the Roman Empire, right? Amen. I mean, these yeah. guys, they made they they filled up the history books with some pretty sleazy moves. Mm -hmm. But we've had we, yes, we have our own royal. Family. We wouldn't exactly. want them to get all the glory. We would also want to destroy the reputation of American people. Well, exactly. And so we have elites in this country. This is something Ian and I talked about quite a while ago. Uh, and what I said is the way I define elite is someone who will not pay any consequence for their actions. That's basically how an elite is defined in a system which is as corrupt as ours is. And when you're looking at somebody like Hunter Biden and our next story, which is the fact that IRS whistleblowers actually came out and not just one, but two of them and alleged that there was political interference in the Hunter Biden investigation. Talk about information I yeah. didn't need yeah, exactly. confirmed, although... It, it, this is exactly what I was saying earlier with the lab leak hypothesis, right? There's just story after story after story of the conspiracy theorists being proven right. Information that we were already well aware of. I appreciate these guys coming forward. I agree that this stuff has to come out and it's good that they're talking about it. But the fact is, nobody thought this was going to be impartial or unbiased. Under the Obama administration, the IRS was specifically targeting conservative groups. This has been a biased organization for a very long time. It didn't start with Hunter Biden. And if it did start with Hunter Biden, it was so blatant and obvious that basically everyone in this country was already in a position where they'd be capable of hearing it without these whistleblowers. That said, we're glad they stepped forward. They should be commended and they should be thanked. 
the Justice Department in Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office went out of their way to hamper an IRS investigation of Hunter Biden's taxes by consistently slow walking the case, preventing enforcement actions by the IRS and tipping off actions related to the investigation to Biden's attorneys in advance, according to a new whistleblower testimony released Thursday by the House Ways and Means Committee. Now, just a show of hands, who in the room is surprised by this? Cricket sound effect. Yeah, exactly. It's weird when there's a story where the IRS are the good guys. Like the IRS are like, we're just trying to do <laughs> no, our no. job. The, the, the people disobeying the IRS from inside of the IRS are the good true. guys. <laughs> uh, but it's the Justice Department and Delaware Attorney General's Office that are that are slow walking this investigation. But they have been. I mean, the mere fact that they never acted on any of this stuff. I mean, you know, that's the dog that didn't bark. I mean, mm -hmm. it was obvious. And I mean, and apparently everyone knew that that was a private franchise of the Biden family. But, I mean, this is not news to anyone. Yeah. Well, and you look at the fact that Biden, uh, Hunter Biden, that is specifically failed to pay about a million dollars in taxes. And mm -hmm. I'm asking you as a lawyer, if, if, if I, you know, a, a nice guy like me failed to pay the government a million dollars that I owed it. Do you think I would get two misdemeanor charges? I'd be able to plead down to that. I think you would get two misdemeanor charges on every square inch of your body. Uh, and the, the felony charges would be lodged in um, other parts of your body. That would be less visible. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, that's a colorful way of describing it. Now, let me ask, what if you were my lawyer? Then you'd, you wouldn't even get the two. All right, perfect. Yeah, maybe, no. well, maybe that was you, you, Hunter's you, mistake. He didn't you, hire you. You would, you would, you would get a, a, a Congressional Medal of Honor. I mean, I think it's worth <laughs> noting that he admitted... I'm surprised Hunter didn't, to be honest. But he, I mean, it's coming. Yeah. He hasn't gotten it All, yet. There's yeah. no such thing as a law firm anymore that works for both Democrats and Republicans. That's over. Mm. So, yeah. we are... I don't know if you might have picked up on this Harmy Dillon thing, but we are a Republican law firm. Is there really none? There's, there's no impartial ones for all practical purposes that's that's Jeez. A, i mean in the upper echelons i mean it might be in local politics that is that it's still more uh, you know unpolitical but is that just since trump got in trump was the turning point yeah I, yeah i would say so sorry mm. hannah claire what you're saying oh, I, was yeah. I think it's worth noting that these this whistleblower testimony was pre-scheduled i'm assuming so they always knew that they were going to testify on the 22nd and earlier this week is when hunter biden accepts his plea deal and is like ah yes i did do something wrong we're not going to talk about it anymore um uh, that means they knew this was coming that makes me think what else is going to come out again i always think uh anyone in these places positions of power or privilege uh try to get in front of the story so if hunter accepted the plea deal on what was it monday what other whistleblower testimony are they trying to prevent from from moving forward? Because his attorney specifically said, with this plea deal, my understanding is that the investigation is closed. Like mm. now we stop. Now <laughs> we don't ever ask open? any more questions. <laughs> Was it ever open? It's a good. It's it, it's true, but it is interesting that his attorney's position is now you stop asking questions. Hunter took the guilty plea. We're not going to talk about it anymore. And obviously, I don't think most of the American public agrees with that. Uh, we've referenced it a couple of times, this idea of uh, uh, a multi-tier justice system in mm -hmm. which Hunter Biden is allowed to, uh, you know, every report that I read after he, his plea came out was he is not expected to serve jail time. He's also got this gun charge uh, hanging over his head that is punishable by up to 10 years in prison. And, and he's a white man. You think he's going to get true. it? Yeah. No, there's <laughs> no why. expectation in our country that he will go to jail. And the fact that all of us can look at each other and say it's extremely unlikely that Hunter Biden's going to go to jail for something that anyone else in this room 
would be convicted and punished to the full extent yeah. of the law is crazy. How can uh, Joe Biden, who's presenting himself as a man of the people, all the unions support him. Middle class Joe, he calls himself. Ignore himself, he, yeah. ignore his way out of this. His son is not going to serve a sentence that everyone else in this country would have he to. He played the nepotism card when they asked this him. Is he was like, rub your nose in it. I yeah, love my exactly. son. His description as the commander in chief of the military when finding massive corruption with a family member was, it's my family member. I Guys. love my son. Like, dude, Wolf. you're the commander. You have no choice. You have to put your family member in prison. Like, if they violate authority... You do what's right for the country. That's amen. why you have the role. Or, no, amen. Well, and I'll, I'll also boy. say this: for, for, any, for anyone who would, for anyone who would argue that he should not allow for Hunter to be locked up because that's his son and he's in this position of authority. Well, you know what? If your son doesn't care for the boundaries that you have to set as a leader enough to not break the law and embarrass you immensely when you're the president of the United States, then what do you owe him? Right. Lock him up now. Of course, we know. What Hunter owes him, and it's allegedly 10%, but... Well, I think it's worth noting that Hunter didn't file taxes in 2017 and 2018. There is no way on earth that Joe Biden wasn't considering running for the presidency at some point in the years before that. That means he knew that he was potentially going to run. Every person who's run for office goes mm -hmm. through uh, intense scrutiny. He couldn't have looked at Hunter and be like... Did you file your taxes? That would be really good for me if you did that. Well, Hunter's he the smartest no guy he knows. That, that's true. Which actually, the thing is, that actually might be true. Hunter might be the smartest person Joe Biden knows. Which is scary. Which is scary, but I think that might be true when you just look at his circle. I think that Joe is going through a state of mind right now where he's like, oh, I, I did this to Hunter. It's my fault for putting him in charisma. I'm going to eat this one. Just let but him he's go. Not. He's not, uh, Joe Biden isn't Come being punished on, for yeah. it. Hunter Biden's not being punished. So no one's being punished for this. And again, this is not the way anyone else would be treated. And I think there is no way voters can look at the Bidens and say they are of the people. They are yeah, not. No. Do you, by the way, I, I mentioned this earlier, but do you remember when he claimed that people called him middle class Joe? They didn't mean it as a compliment, man. Like, no one ever called you that ever. <laughs> First of all, no one in American politics is going, oh, look at the person the middle class can relate to. Let's laugh at them. That's not how this country works, okay? People who hate the middle class still pretend to love it while denigrating it, stripping all of its wealth away, and insulting its values. No one ever called Joe Biden middle class Joe. But you were going to make a point, and I so rudely interrupted. No, I don't think so. I think I oh. might have. I I, I do well, have this first. ability to make a face that looks like I'm about to make a point. <laughs> but uh, if I was, I, would, I don't remember what it was. No, actually, the point was. I knew it. I have to come up with a point now, right? <laughs> He's got a filibuster till he has a point. The point was <laughs> that, that there was never any concern whatsoever on his part no. whether or not he filed the taxes mm -hmm. because he knew. That no, he's never been held accountable for anything, and he will not be held accountable for anything because they have the system absolutely right stacked. Well, I, right. What if this was Donald Trump Jr.? Mm -hmm. What would we hear from the media? What would Dude. we hear from from Congress? What would we hear from the executive branch? See, there's no way he wouldn't do prison time. We were being told, like, Adam Schiff was saying that he had information about Trump Jr. and that he was going to be thrown in prison. And we were hearing all of this nonsense from everyone in the media about how the walls were closing in. They were closing in on Donald Trump and they were closing in on his family. And, of course, what we ended up finding with the investigation, with the Durham report, was, once again, something that we all knew, which was that the deep state was politically motivated and they were attempting a soft coup against a sitting president. So when... 
somebody who is anti-establishment ends up attaining the highest office in the country in an unbelievable and unprecedented feat by being elected president as an outsider. And then the deep state does everything they can to subvert the democratic process and unseat that person. And everyone in the media repeats a narrative, which we all know was a total farce to the point where they convince the American people to believe things that are factually untrue to the point where 60% of Democrats intuitively to the point where 60% of Democrats said in a YouGov survey that the 2016 election was tampered with by Russians in the sense that they were literally retallying vote totals. Now, no one in the media openly said this. They just very strongly implied it for several years. So that's the treatment that you get when you're an outsider trying to enter into the establishment. When you are in the establishment, you can do whatever you want and you will not pay any price. And if you do, it'll be a slap on the wrist so they can say, see, we're impartial. Hunter Biden did end up catching charges. He was prosecuted in a court of law because we gave him two misdemeanors for something you'd be spending decades in jail for had you done it. Yeah. I mean, we're done. You can speak to this. Everything. That's all of it. I think you probably speak to this better than I can. But with a plea deal, both sides come to an agreement. Someone says, this is what we're willing to offer you. And that means the U.S. government was like, Hunter, we're willing to offer you no jail time for this. Like, that's bizarre to me. This seems so crazy. It's not unexpected. He is the president's son. On the other hand, I just think voters should remember this as they go towards November 2024. Absolutely agreed. Absolutely agreed. And uh, very, very, very few voters will be swayed by it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know about that because it was something like 10% of uh, voters, according to a poll published by the Washington Examiner, said had the Hunter Biden laptop story not been covered up, they wouldn't have voted for Joe. I just think it's worth pointing out. So I do think some people will care. Yeah. But that's actually very few, though. At the, at 10% may have It was have of dem- people who voted Democrat, right. I believe. I, I understand that. It's like and, 7 to 10. I, I, I want to double check on that. And but. it might be that that might have made a difference in a couple of swing states. But at the end of the day, what we are saying is that 90% of Democrats mm-hmm. would have shrugged their shoulders. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and we they'll know that. shrug their shoulders as many times as possible. And also, Agree. you just need to wake enough people up. Referencing but, polls is risky because you got to find out how many people. It might be that it was like a thousand people were asked and it was 10% yeah, of a thousand people said. And the question might have been asked like, had no. you known that Hunter Biden's laptop something, something? Whereas opposed to if they just seen the laptop two weeks ago, it wouldn't really have. But when they're looking at the piece of paper with the question on it, they're like, yes. I just think Hunter Biden cumulatively. That's fair, but I, I do think, I, I agree with you that polls are imperfect. But I yeah. think when we have the information, it's important to do something with it. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think just cumulatively, we should look at Hunter Biden we should talk about Navy, his his daughter, who is also he's ignoring. Like, I think we should all look at everything Hunter Biden does and say, this is the child that Joe Biden raised. Yeah. Well, and just, maybe it's not enough to sway, persuade every voter, but I think. But is but the real story, though, is notwithstanding the character, serious character flaws of Hunter Biden and many great families have had seriously depraved children. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And a great deal of wealth can have that effect on Absolutely. even the best of families, and especially when it's wealth generated by corruption. Yeah. But the real story, going back to our theme, is this is what elites can get away with. Yes, it's what elites can get away with. And I'll also add this. 
it's not just that Hunter Biden was raised in a, an extremely wealthy family. It's he was raised in an extremely wealthy family, and his father is a coward and a phony. His dad it's also probably wasn't around very much. I mean, if he worked for 40, 50 years in, in, in Congress, he's been in Congress since the 70s, right? Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's a long time to be spending 28 days a month away from your family. He's from yeah. Delaware. He took the train home every night. Yeah, he took the train. Middle class Joe took the train yeah. home every night. Yeah, that's what he claimed. Oh, yeah. that's good. They the called him middle was... class Joe and he took the train home every night and he fought corn How lame is it to give yourself a, a nickname? Bad boys. <laughs> he gave himself a nickname. So they called me, man. They didn't mean it as a compliment, man. It's like, okay. Well, let me tell you something, Joe. This is what happens to you, by the way, when, when Hunter is the smartest person who you know. Biden uh, was in India alongside the Indian prime minister, and he he raised his hand to his heart. He's because in uh, Washington. He was in, oh, I'm so sorry. He was in Washington, but they were, that, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Yes, you have the presidential seal right there. Points but, off but as host look of Shimcast. Tim would you're, never make You're never coming back on this show. <laughs> you're out. I, I mean, I'll just wait for I, Tim to I, return. I'm the new host. I, I just know that Tim would just... I, Tim would have lost his just, mind. His beanie's but off. Here's here's well, maybe Hunter's the smartest guy I know at voice. this point. I've just completely uh completely crashed the right, goes going great. No. Okay, deep I breath. Wanna, try I, again. Yeah. All right, so we're just gonna we're gonna start again and we're gonna edit this, okay? All right, no one's ever gonna see this happen. <laughs> All right, so this is what happens when Hunter Biden is the smartest person you know. Joe Biden was alongside the Indian Prime Minister. He raised his hand to his heart because he expected that they were going to play the uh, US national anthem. And they didn't. They played the Indian National Anthem, of course. And Joe Biden stood there and then slowly started to lower his hand when he realized. So oh, good. man. Look at that. What a champ. That's why video cameras are cool. Yeah, I think oh, I think this is going to be the thing that's going to make people uh, realize that Joe is not who they think he is. I think it's seeing more and more gas. But I mean, there's it's like, it's like a gaff a day. It's multiple gaffs per day. We see like one. I can't keep up, dude. Yeah. It's, Remember when he said he broke his leg because he was Ron grabbing his dog's tail getting out of the <laughs> shower? And it's like, I don't. I don't know. Dude, this man got elected, and then I believe it was just right after he was inaugurated, he told us he broke his leg because he tried to grab so his dog's good. towel while he was getting out of the shower. Yeah, and it, his foot, I, right? I just, I, I like to imagine most Americans were, were looking at that and going, oh my goodness, what have we done? But I actually don't think so. I, I think a lot of them were thinking, like, thank God Trump's not in office. <laughs> no, he might have broke his leg Trump when he tried to grab his dog's tail getting out of the shower. It's but like, it would be worse even... if Trump was in office. <laughs> exactly. That's a lot of the, the thoughts right now. It's very scary. It is very Ron scary. Ron has a very grim face. Uh, tell me more. How much do you love Joe Biden on a scale from one to 100? I know love is a vague word, but I have no use for Joe Biden. I and mean, one to one hundred is too granular. Do you think that there's any value? Ten, he's, he gets he gets a two. There, there have been worse tyrants than Joe Byron. Joe Joe Joe, Joe Byron. I like to tyrant. Well, I think that, but that, now, doesn't now, even now, make him worse because it's like if Byron, you're going to be a tyrant, do it. You know, he's so mediocre. He, he's a wannabe he's a dictator. dictator. He's, a, he's a mediocre dictator. I think he should be a proper dictator. Well, that's the thing though, is that he's a dictator who you can buy. Okay, mm. as opposed to those dictators who you can't even buy because they. It's just a fair point. The, yeah, the dictators who like own the people with money, as opposed to the ones who are owned by the people with money. Very good point. Very I get this point. vibe, and I don't have a reference that he's like functioning as a dictator, but doesn't know, doesn't realize it. Yeah, that, I, I don't know. I think he realized it. I think he's glad. Remember when he said he was losing his patience with us? I'm losing my patience, man. Do you remember, well, like, what do you mean your patience? Your memory extends five seconds into the past. There's okay, no. Listen, it's not possible for you to lose has, your patience. But, but he's been a senator. Mm -hmm. Not just a mere member of Congress, which is only a couple of clicks above being a milkman, okay? 
It's below being a milk. Milkmen are useful. <laughs> they bring us a product that we use. They're good people. Yeah, good point. Speaking of which, I just spilled water on this keyboard. Flip it upside oh down. Gosh, That's the, the best thing. I'm so angry. It's okay. Did you ever see down. Tim in a million years? Tim would have never spilled water. His, can you believe Live on the show. He actually hasn't. Hey, Ian, hey, Ian. He actually hasn't. No, no, no. I got you know it. why I got it. Tim lost his voice? Is L. I think the he, he thing is, Seamus gets a big ego and he thinks, I can do this show, Tim. You don't then see them after the show every night. He's like, you should have done this. You should have Oh, not only that. He saw Jack like, last it's night. It's worse than that. I Jack, got him Jack. sick, actually. I coughed in his drink. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, I said, I'm going to be the host next time. He's seen now, it was my, my plan was to spend water on the keyboard. You know, he he's he's a king. He comes in. He owns. He absolutely has the moves. Seamus is thinking... Absolutely. Obviously, anyone could do this. I said, I said, it's child's play. Turns out it's harder than he thinks. <laughs> no, now, I didn't. I mean, I think we are there. We're I'm going to return to the point here because we can talk about endless number of Joe Biden gaffes. My personal favorite was when he was in Ireland and said, I don't want to go home. <laughs> That's Wait, a rough statement. Did he say I don't want to go home when he was in uh, Ireland? He, he also said he's not Irish because none of his relatives are drunk or in jail. Well, it's rough. <laughs> uh, and if you're black, you if you don't vote for Joe Biden, you're not black. Yeah. I mean, there's rough stuff coming out. Is this enough, though? We're sort of returning back to the same point. Will voters look at this guy and say, we can't keep going? He is unpopular. There were polls that indicated a majority of Democrats felt he was too old to run again. Nonetheless, the Democratic Party seems to think that they're going to, you know, uh, pick him as their nominee. At what point do we look at him and say, nothing you can do matters because you are going to have the establishment behind you? Mm -hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm in that point right now. But I also think hating someone is not the way to make a better world like a lot of what got us here was trump derangement people that couldn't stand trump they'll mm -hmm. vote for anything else so if people hate biden that much that they'll vote for anything else could be even worse it could be exponentially worse no, and that's why when the reason that i say he's not a tyrant is uh, you know and before you before you had your continents prop over here uh was that he's not a dictator he is he, he is he's a crook and he en enjoys having power so that he it can enrich himself. He's been a senator for a generation. Then he was yeah. vice president, which is a job where you get lots of quirks. Quirks? Quirks is an interesting word for that. Yeah, but it's completely perks, the wrong. Perks. Perks. He, he get, you get <laughs> lots of perks and and oh, queer perks. That's what I was thinking. Uh, it is Pride Month. You yeah. get a lot. Uh, but the point is, he's used to being the boss. He's used to being the the man, and and he's and he's risen in, to seniority. In the Senate, he's you know he, he, therefore he is impatient, he is short with people, he's not bright, so therefore he uses authority as a proxy for the ability to convince people. And and if you you know we all should take a look, everyone before you go to bed tonight, look at a Joe a video of Joe Biden from the seventies or eighties. This was a very very articulate man, not brilliant and not well-spoken as such but the point is he okay so if he's articulate he's well-spoken but he he had the tools to do the job and then he, re he ran out of gas but what he became was a useful we have a word in yiddish a golem he became a a zombie an effective mm. zombie in whom you know a new SD card could be placed every morning uh, with that day's, you know, where to stand. And he has all those, you know, all many years of, of, of authority. But 
When do you think he ran out of gas? I'm just curious about I the think timeline. Ran, during the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think you, you could see one man coming in and much less of a man coming out. Yeah, he mm-hmm. used to talk yeah. really fast and sharp. Even in like 2006 in those debates with Obama and Hillary Clinton. Man, he was, I mean, I didn't like him a he lot. Made but he made chopped fire. liver out of, out of Paul Ryan. Yeah, yeah. And, but then he Did would turn so? to the camera because the way he, Ryan was terrible. Hmm. Uh, and Biden, he they had, and, and by the way, whoever coaches the Democrats on uh, on debates, years ago, they have a thing about smiling, mm-hmm. a really obnoxious thing about smiling. I remember Biden looking into the camera with these phony pearly whites. Yeah. And just smir- and boy, Always been you, phony. Oh my gosh. But, but Ryan was helpless. Ryan was like a deer caught in the headlights. You don't think so? Yeah. B- Biden? Ryan. Uh, well, look, it's been a long time. I mean, this was the 2012 cycle. I was pretty young. I was, before. was still in high school. Oh, six, seven. No, we, oh. he's talking about Paul Ryan so you're, you're Joe Biden. I remember 12. watching it, and at the time, I thought that Ryan did better because I wasn't really impressed by Joe Biden, but that also could have been my political bias and the fact that I was 17 uh, at the time. But we've got another story here that I want to try to push into. Um, Pixar, the, the beloved children's film producer which for a very long time couldn't seem to miss has been doing worse and worse over the years and many people are speculating it's because of wokeness well now their new film elemental has absolutely bombed at the box office doing worse than any of pixar's films have ever done and it just happens to feature their first non-binary character so are those two things related is this just a product of the new marketplace and streaming services, it's certainly possible, but I just want to start by highlighting some of the figures here. Firstly, Elemental opened to about $29.5 million its first weekend, which is the worst opening in Pixar's history. To be clear, Toy Story made $29.1 million its opening weekend back in 1995, and it had a $30 million budget, okay? So accounting for inflation, Pixar's first film, when they were a totally unknown studio, which did not have hit after hit after hit, and a well-proven brand, blew this current film absolutely out of the water. Elemental, compared to Toy Story's $30 million budget, had a $200 million budget, and not to belabor the point, made the exact same amount its opening in, weekend in face, as Toy Story. In, in face value which, numbers. In face value numbers. I'm not talking about real income. I'm not talking about real revenue. I am not talking about inflation-adjusted numbers. I am talking about the actual raw figures. So they need to have 10 opening weekends just to break even on the on the production budget. Forget the marketing. Yep. Yep. That's uh, just the production budget. And so and, this, and money's not free anymore, by the way. No, it is so not. So there's Interest cost of capital. I watch a lot of these videos about guys talking about what uh, representation and equity and diversity have done to Disney uh, and to uh, Marvel. And what, what, what very few of the people are talking about is the cost of capital. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to break even. When you break even, you're saying that the three years that we spent nursing this $500 million on this project. Yep. We didn't lose it. Well, actually you did lose it because the interest on $500 million in the last three years is real money. I mean, for you, 
for guys like you and me, it's mm-hmm. real money. For you, not so much. But yeah, no, not not Ian. He he'll he'll be fine. But no, <laughs> even for these massive companies, I mean, this is again, this is uh, another example, and probably the worst example, at least for Pixar, in a trend that we've seen over the past several years. And part of it is these streaming services and the fact that people know that if a film doesn't really catch their interest all that much, they don't need to take the kids to see it opening weekend. They can see it later on. Uh, But also there is an element, I think, of wokeness, political correctness and trying to push leftism in children's media that has uh, affected the revenue that a lot of these companies uh, are seeing. So an example we saw about two years ago, one or two years ago, I believe, was the Buzz Lightyear spinoff film that was released and it did abysmally. And people were saying that this wasn't a product of the fact that there was a lesbian kiss in the background of the film and parents were totally fine with that and they chose not to see it for other reasons. And it's true that some people might have chosen not to see the film for for other reasons, but the reality is two of the top 10 highest earning children's films of all time are Toy Story films, right? And then they release a spin-off film and I'm not going to go as far as to say it bombed, but it performed very poorly given that franchise's track record. And people may want to argue, if they're on the left, that the fact that there is a lesbian kiss in a Toy Story movie didn't affect its marketability or whether parents would choose to take their children to see it. But I think that's flat on its face absurd. And I think the idea that parents were in no way affected by a non-binary character being in this children's film is equally absurd, even if streaming did play a role. What I, I started out wanting to ask a different question, but I think I think I've answered that one, and I have a new question. Mm-hmm. My my original question had been at the beginning we talked about Target and you know Middle America not wanting to take their kids into a Target store because of the freaky things that they're selling. And now we're talking about middle America not wanting to take their kids to a movie theater because mm-hmm. of the freaky things they're selling. Yep. And in the middle, we talked about how Americans don't give a shit. They'll just vote Democratic no matter what. And Democratic has completely embraced, the Democratic Party has de- embraced this entire, there's a disconnection here. The answer seems to me to be that general feel-good political allegiances and voting are hard to dislodge and even though we can always find and do always find social media sharing of footage from footage the old man said footage yeah we <laughs> developed it in the dark <laughs> film okay uh. the the video uh of the you know family friendly drag show and you're wondering what the hell family what parents are taking their kids so yeah. there are so, but by and large at the end of the day most normal Americans will even vote Democratic, will even believe the media and the implausible s- stories that they come up with about origins of the of you know of, of COVID. They, when it comes to pressing, pushing this sexual sexualization, mm-hmm. even forget whether or not it has to do with homosexuality or transsexuality or any of that stuff, sexualization of children, people still have, I think, an inher- normal people, mm-hmm. and that's still the majority, an inherent revulsion. Why does my kid have to be involved with this at all? Agreed. Agreed. I I think that's the right way of putting it. It's a revulsion. A person doesn't have to go through like an intellectual rationalization for why they're not taking their kid to see that. They just go, that's 
that's disgusting. I don't want to show that to my kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They feel it in their gut and they say, this isn't for our family and they do something else. They don't need to explain it to themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the hard thing about modern culture for a lot of parents. They're being pressed to say, but why wouldn't you do this? Why won't you do that? Right. And they don't have a religious doctrine to fall mm-hmm. back on because they don't go to church anymore mm-hmm. and they don't observe, you know, the, the tenets of their religion. And yet their souls are screaming within them. Amen. That there is right and wrong in this world, that there is- certainly call it natural law, call it God's, but there is morality that there are things that matter. There are values that are not malleable and people are embarrassed to be associated with a religious um, rationale for having those feelings because mm-hmm. what could be less fashionable? Mm-hmm. And well, and I think this is why it's so important to the alphabet people to go after children because it is true, as you said, this is this is written on man's heart. He understands this. There are certain things that are wrong. And when a child sees something grotesque for the first time, they're going to respond as they are naturally inclined to. I'm not saying everything that we feel internally is indicative of a moral reality. Sometimes we're wrong. But in general, especially when it comes to sexually perverse behavior, when someone's exposed to it, they recoil. They find it to be disgusting. So the reason they want to show it to children is because what they're effectively doing is a kind of perverse exposure therapy, which we usually call grooming. But of course, because the left wants this particular form of grooming to continue, they're not allowing people to call it that. But that's exactly what it is. We need to try to expose children to this and then gaslight them out of following that initial internal sense of revulsion towards the perversity in front of them. And it doesn't have to even be perversity. As I said, the entire, most normal young children are uncomfortable with outward displays of what we might call romantic affection. They don't really want to see mommy and daddy right. kissing. A kiss is okay. Mm. They don't they don't want to see you making out with your spouse. They, yeah. they do not want any part of that. As they shouldn't, like an adult wouldn't. But, the, but, the, but, it, but if you wanted to create a world where like adults were just making out in front of each other and in front of kids and being weird. Then you'd then go to San Francisco. You'd go to San Francisco. No, but th- that's what these groomers do. They, they, they try to expose children to it as early as possible. So, so it becomes that normal to them. It becomes normal to them. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's also important to mention that a lot of the people that are performing in drag and etc and in these in these environments i mean i was a dj for years and i've been around a lot of the gay community say what you will about it but they don't feel comfortable doing this they don't want children to be around like that mm. and, and a lot of them yep. are in the situation where they're be essentially being forced by people that are well, like, I re- yeah i represent a couple of organizations um one is right. one is uh, gays against groomers yes okay great people <clears throat> and these are you know these are these are real homos. These, in other words, these are people who they're, they're not. They're they're, they're they are they're they activists. They are. Yes, they're active. They're, are. they're you know it is it is a big part of their identity. Another, I mean, you know, there's like it's an entire different conversation of does tolerance of homosexuality require me to have to hear about your homosexual interests all the time? Separate and apart from that, what my clients are saying is. They're killing our community. Yes. They're killing the reputation right. and the image. We had, and by the way, there's a parallel to what's happened with, with race relations in this country because most of us, hmm. until Barack Obama was, not only until Barack Obama was elected, but especially after Barack Obama was elected, thought we did it. We On race relations, yeah. We've done, we have turned that corner. We can elect, and, and, that, and by the way, many, many, many people voted for him to 
demonstrate to themselves. <laughs> exactly. That I'm not racist. That they I, are not racist. I voted for a black president. And what happened is the door was opened to a radicalization, not necessarily because of Obama himself, I don't think so, but because of people around him. Hmm. Uh, I actually don't have that sort of really uh, intense uh, hatred of Obama that a lot of people do. Uh, fact, many you should probably talk to someone. I mean, you should get get that checked out. <laughs> but not hatred, strong dislike. I strongly dislike. I won't say because hating is hate not is a bad. Good yeah, way but but we're going, yeah. Uh, strong dislike. But continue, continue. No, I, but the point is, but the point is, the, the people th thought that we had, you know, we, we sort of had the sexual revolution, mm -hmm. and a lot of morality, moral choices were unbound and traditional. And we were not necessarily all of us that comfortable, especially those of us in, who are traditional religionists. Mm -hmm. Fine, fine. You you know you go and r ruin your own society. We're gonna just hunker down. It's inescapable now. There's exactly. Nowhere they won't let. You. And by the right. way, and that's always how it trends. By the way, always. they're never okay doing their perverse thing and then leaving other people alone to live there's a traditional never, moral lifestyle. Right, there's never a limiting principle. Nope. Yeah. And there can't be. Mm -hmm. Because when their entire argument for recognition and acceptance and tolerance is premised on marginalization per se is an, is an evil, mm -hmm. that means that there is no margin on, in which you can leave the most perverse behavior. And there we are. Yep. Yeah. Well, it, it, and this is always how it goes. Uh, I mentioned this on the show a very long time ago when I first started doing it, when this conversation came up. But this is uh, why I think Henry VIII and St. Thomas More are such an important case study, because there was nothing St. Thomas More could really do to stop Henry VIII from discarding with his wife and then taking a, a new woman. It was just the fact that he knew that Sir Thomas More disapproved of what he was doing sexually that made him say i have to kill this man i have to kill this man is that the guy where it's like will someone rid me of this priest was that the priest that of, no, no i don't believe no, so but that's else. a similar story it's, yeah i mean there have been a lot i mean good priests end up being sort of a, a sore a thorn in the side of a lot of these uh corrupt rulers so you think ron but, just to understand sure. maybe what you're saying is that like this this move towards an openly sexual society or a uh a repressively sexual society is like it's a trend it's never static so like this whole like the gay rights movement the liberation of gay marriage it was always inevitably tending towards complete open sexual transparency towards children and the other the only other option is to repress it it, it it's a very you're you you have asked the right question and you've identified the dilemma because as a first amendment lawyer Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'll make it first clear that the First Amendment does not protect obscenity, but the United States Supreme Court has essentially defined obscenity out of existence mm. and made it a, pretty much a consent issue, which has nothing to do with obscenity whatsoever. We live in a society now where the only criterion 
had been until just about 10 minutes ago, had been consent. Mm -hmm. And we're now broaching that as well because there's never a limiting principle. So for, so talking about the sexualization of children and literally the sexualization and sexuality involving children, the mere fact that people have the audacity to speak in public discourse about sexualizing children, about you involving children with sex is a complete abnegation of the, of the concept that children are deemed morally incapable of giving consent. Yeah. But mm -hmm. we have to, we can't maintain that position because we're also taking the position, we, pretty much you and me, mm -hmm. not that children can give their consent to having their genitals mutilated and to taking drugs that will mm -hmm. supposedly change their sex. There is no limiting principle. Yeah. There is no way. Once you say that, and this is meant to be a stick in the eye of, to God. Mm -hmm. yeah. Agreed. It's not so, merely, yeah. by the way, if they had God, no. They are well aware of God. Like you said, there's a resonance in the universe that the soul picks up on. This is what Abraham was the first person to do. He says, this bowing down to rocks and trees, mm -hmm. wrong. There's a creator. There's meaning in this, in this universe. There's right and wrong. These people know it. And they feel it. And they hate it. They resent it. And they're, it is a matter of not, you know, there used to be something called agnosticism. I don't know. I don't know. Most agnostics today call themselves atheists because it makes them feel that they have a position, usually one that they can't actually intellectually defend because they have no familiarity whatsoever with classic religious thinking, or any thinking, mm. usually. But that's what it's about. It really is a fight against God, as, as is the entire transsexuality and transhuman uh, movement. I, look, I could not agree more. I think we're going to have a fantastic after show segment talking about all of this stuff if you guys sure. want to see that go over to timcast.com and become a member but for now we're going to go to super chats i am not your buddy guy for five dollars says are corpse and the stock market required for capitalism to work if not is it worth keeping these concepts if companies like blackrock will always exist that's an interesting question what do you guys think about that i was taking a note so someone else answer because i want to hear that again i've thought about this a lot so I'll answer. Mm -hmm. Corporations are creatures of law. They are an artificial um, creation. And in the past, uh, Milton Friedman type libertarians made the mistake of assigning to them a sort of value-free uh, place in economic and philo economic philosophical thinking. Corporations are just something that people choose to do together. <laughs> Guess what? They're not. They're actually governments. Uh, some mm -hmm. of the most powerful corporations in the world effectively act much in the way that governments do, <laughs> and many of them are more wealthy than some of the of many of the world's uh, um, governments as traditionally conceived. Corporations are a, a creation of the law, a very, very creative and brilliant way to raise capital. Mm. If I can remove- And avoid liability. Exactly. If, if, if the way for us to finance this project is to separate the, do, the, 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 the investment from the liability, 
that's a deal we'll make. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we'll double tax you. There, there's all kinds of things to talk about. The answer is no. There is no reason that you have to have these things for capitalism to work. But if you want it to work cool, you want it to work good, you want to have an iPhone, you want to have an internet, you want to have yeah. incredible medical developments that are often wildly uneconomical, but they're there. Yeah. And in theory, they might become before. All the things that American capitalism, with all its dynamism and all its waste and all its stupidity and all its brilliance, you do need the ability to have capital formation on the level of what corporations do today. But there's mm-hmm. no reason on earth that corporations cannot be regulated mm. by yeah, the state, yeah. except for one, there is one reason. The state sucks. Ah, yeah. The state is the, is the problem yeah. now. Very inefficient. So yeah. if the five of us could make yeah. the regulations, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair but, enough. But, but the question, we, we, we'd but, fix it. it. We'd fix oh, it. Oh, we'd fix it. it. We'd fix it before breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> We've got. Uh, thank you for the question, by the way. And thank you for that 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 answer. You're welcome. Um, I'm rather exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> Raymond G. Stanley Jr. for five dollars. She said, "Seamus, you made it, buddy. You really made it. Shimcast is officially official." <laughs> also, remember World War II wasn't that cool. Yes, I did a cartoon uh, about this uh, a while ago that he's he's quoting. Thank you so much for your super chat and for the support. The question is, when Tim is ready to take back over, will Seamus give up the seat? Is it going to be a, a yeah. soft coup? Yeah, I, uh. I'm not sure. I feel like Tim should return <laughs> Maybe promptly. that's why I spilled the water. I'm trying to prevent him from taking the helm once the again. smell. Um, Joseph No says, dude, t- oh, this I've actually been trying to tell Tim this. Okay. Dude, Tim, liquid death made us made you sick. Advertises H2O infused with real demons. Homepage has a link to sell soul and email them. The culture war fight is a fight against demons. Don't invite them in. Pray to God. 100%. 100%. That stuff's horrible. I, I Stay away from it. It's, also, they have I, I understand because this is what people will say. Oh, they're just worshiping Satan ironically is a joke. I don't care. Do, do you think Satan values sincerity? Do you think he wants sincere worshipers? He's fine with you worshiping him as a joke. Okay? Don't... No. I also... I've always wanted to ask Liquid Death. Their their thing is burn cans because it's death to plastic, but their cans have a plastic lining. Yeah. So yeah. I don't totally this understand. This is a sponsor? It's evil. You know, uh, I don't think no. it's a sponsorship. No, no, no. no. They're not a sponsor, but, but, but Tim drinks them, and that's why he's sick. Important thing to notice that is uh, you about think the this. devil needs him to drink this in order to make him. I don't think so. No, no, I don't think the de- no, I don't think he that's needs it. But, but that's not what that's not what Oshim is saying. I'm just saying that you need not to drink it because the devil's involved. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think. I think the important thing to mention about regarding like the plastic is these are not like uh, in plastic bottles that are exposed to sunlight because that's when that plastic is then seeping into the water. Is when these these uh, bottles of water are shipped. They're outside and exposed to the sun. And I believe that's when a lot of like a large plastic portion in them, right? Yeah, there is. Like, so there when is. you recycle them, what happens to the plastic? This is a conversation for later. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm, but I'm this, just saying. This is a conversation yeah, yeah. for never. <laughs> this is a conversation we'll for about, never. We'll talk about it. Maybe, okay, she, maybe, maybe Tim was going to blow the whistle on it and he lost his voice because he was drinking liquid death. I don't know. I don't know. Um, liquid death is going to send you a cease and desist letter. <laughs> uh, yeah. Veldrin Ola says, Wow. How sick is Tim that he let the cartoonist take the lead? Yeah. Let freedom tunes reign. Well, thank you. I'm getting mixed messages here because he's perplexed that Tim would allow me to host the show, but then he's he's saying uh, freedom tunes may reign. Speaking of which, we released a cartoon today. All right? It's oh, a yeah. pretty awesome cartoon. The fans are loving it, and we have a 30-minute long version of it behind the paywall. It's a web review. 
10 minute long version on the channel, 30 minute version on the paywall, freedomtunes.com. I think you guys will Do like you know it. how some companies take over other companies and they refer to it as a hostile takeover? <laughs> I'm sort of picking up on that vibe. This, no, this is a very friendly takeover. You know, it's very friendly. <laughs> Do it with a smile. Mysterious that Tim has been Tim, sick for Tim, so long. Yeah, Tim, Tim's a very good friend of mine. You know, Are you sometimes sure? friends get friends sick so they can do their show. Um, <laughs> um, but then you would have had a really good guest. Not a leftover guest that was meant for... Yeah, that's true. Supposedly meant for Tim. No, I, I asked for you back. I wanted there to be legal help He has for to me. make it look s- um, smooth and have a good transition. You know, enough, we're ha- okay. happy to have you back and this way he doesn't look like he's totally in control. Fair uh, enough. I don't know you guys said the debris field was found. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I mentioned that on the show about a third of a mile away from the Titanic wreckage. Yeah. We were told it was found. Yeah, we were told it was found. <laughs> I'm loving the skepticism. Ian is on but it. But I do think they're, they're going to pull it all up, right? So we should have photos, I mm. assume. Mm. Maybe. Part of the skepticism, though, is black pilling, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I need something to believe in. I, I want to believe somebody. Yeah. Um, I think pick- both of these men have things to tell you about, yeah. Ben. Grofty says, Ian, you are the same year birth as me. I have the Challenger mission scarred in me. I remember. Maybe we can re- we can learn from the Starship and this sub test. I think we are learning from from these these things, at least a little bit about how they'll tell you that they died peacefully. Do you uh, think it's worth not going? Not going where? Like on any ad- ad- exploration? I personally will never, in, if, unless I have to get there, I will never take that kind of risk. I, I, I can say, I, I have a fantasy about like swimming the Bimini Road in, off Southeast Asia because ancient Re- history. Yeah, but- recreational risk-taking on this scale is preposterous. I'm not that kind of guy. It is it is utterly morally un- unjustifiable to, to expose yourself, much less a family member, uh, who what I, I understand may not have been all that eager to go, Oh no! To um, to this kind of literal mortal risk for thrills. There's plenty of thrilling stuff to do on the surface, or on a nice sightseeing boat, or even you want to you want to dive. I mean, but to this this le- of course, people didn't really appreciate the no- level of risk. Although, mm. uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The sugar. Uh, Common Sense Fishing says, did you guys forget they found the Titanic by luck while on a top secret mission to find a nuclear sub with nukes on board? It's near the Titanic site. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that either. Oh, I, I thought no I thought they were looking for that diamond that Rose had. I, no? Is that I've not? never seen that movie. Yeah. I know it's popular. Good, yeah, good for you. Wow, no, there is, is it two people you. on Earth who did not see that movie? Hey, you guys, me. neither that's of you me. saw it? No. We don't really go in for a lot of movies. Good actually. for you. Good for you. I see. Was he saying, the was, Super Chat saying that they the submersible, the submarine, the nuclear sub found the submersible? Because I thought, no, I know no, no, that no. they were doing voyages to look for the Titanic. So if, 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 is this true that they, they we're ended up finding it doing this. something else? Yeah, let's look into that. Yeah, I believe that hap- what happened is they were, uh, there was an, oh, it was a what? sub actually down there, like a U.S. sub, and then they eventually f- were pinging off and like, whoa, this is definitely something, and then eventually they went and found it again later on and verified their findings. Oh, I want to clarify, uh, Bimini, okay. the Bimini Road is not in Asia. I was thinking of a different uh, megalith, underwater megalith off the southeast coast of Asia. I can't stop thinking about underwater megaliths, so I can't blame <laughs> yeah. you for that. Yeah, I'll find the name of the road. Um, Noah Prunier says, don't mind me. This super chat is just me making sure that the potato man can rub it in Tim's face. Shimcast forever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the super chat. Appreciate it. 
So what if you guys want to send more super chats in to make me look really cool, how long is Tim <laughs> to gonna be sick Tim for? Tim that much richer, exactly. Not but a- it'll look, it'll make me look cool. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> how, how long is Tim gonna be sick for? How long are we doing Shimcast? Well, how much did you get? Uh, him yeah, that? yeah. We'll we'll I'll, I'll talk with the lawyer after this for show, the okay, show. Okay. and then we'll so determine that's why he's here. what you're allowed yeah, to say. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I have a Munchausen by proxy. <laughs> Tim is my victim. I don't think I don't think it's that. I think it's that you're power hungry and you want that. Maybe chair. it's both. Maybe it's both. Very true. Mm. Okay. Um, Amos Moses said last night. I said the Second Amendment applies to crackheads. That is not just my not my opinion, but the opinion of U.S. District uh, Judge Warwick. The uh, Bruin precedent requires historical context. The founding fathers did not prohibit alcoholics or drug addicts. Shim- Shamcast is best cast. Well, thank you. I'm glad you like uh, Shamcast. Uh, Shamcast over here. I I will say I think there's a difference between. How dare you? Uh, I think there's a difference between um, alcohol and crack, but I'm curious what you would say about that. Do crackheads have a constitutional right well, to own a gun? Well, let's back that up. Is there really a difference between alcohol and crack? I have found myself. <laughs> I'm not asking you from experience. I'm oh. asking legally, does a crackhead have a right to own a firearm? Is that constitutionally a, guaranteed? A person who is impaired right now, in other words, not someone who, was, who once used crack, would currently use your crack, they keep addicted. crack in their house. Yes, yeah, someone who's addicted and they currently use. Are they are they constitutionally permitted to own a, a gun? There are... I, I do not claim to be a Second Amendment okay. expert. Fair enough. But that was... Well, this I don't give you a bullshit this, answer, though. But give us, give us your, your best yeah, guess yeah. as yeah, a First Amendment lawyer. Maybe a non-legal lawyer. expert answer. I, I think we would... I think the, the, the Supreme Court has never said that the Second Amendment prohibits all regulation mm-hmm. of firearms. Let's start there, right? What would be the first tranche of reasonable regulation that every reasonable person would agree with? Shouldn't give children fire firearms. Well, actually, many young people do learn firearm safety in rural areas. Okay, but you shouldn't give crazy people firearms. Is it a reasonableness test? I don't really know. But if there's any regulation whatsoever, I mean, we, we, we have legislation that says felons Mm-hmm. In some places, cannot have cannot have firearms. Um, crackheads. Let's leave out the fact that by virtue of having crack in the house, you are a felon if you're Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's not a problem. No, not to, not two names, misdemeanors, but... sir. Tax. Yeah, tax misdemeanors. <laughs> oh that's like the, that's, that's how they got El Capone, that's though, like right? Capone, right? That's how they got El Capone. Those two misdemeanors. <laughs> oh I, my goodness! I, I, I'm not so the the Bruin. Opinion is an is an important opinion, and we we do need to understand that the, what it what it is addressing mm. has been a phenomenal amount of overreaching by the states and by municipalities to find ways and excuses and rationales to regulate uh, firearms in ways that are not tolerable by the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. But if you said that someone is psychologically unfit to you know to, to own arms because of the because of the risk that it poses to others i think that's a probably a, a form of regulation that the second amendment would tolerate and mm-hmm. unless and until the supreme court says you can't regulate it whatsoever which i don't think they're going to say mm-hmm. uh i would not want to die on the hill of crackheads can own guns i am right there with you a crooked smile says Wonder when TikTok is going to do the Hunter Biden challenge. Oh, boy. Tax. I already know it's not going to be good. Uh, tax evasion and throwing away a firearm, to say the least. Wonder if the challengers will get the same Biden treatment. 
Well, I think we all know the answer to that question. And he didn't even uh, throw his gun away. Didn't his girlfriend throw the gun away? Is that what happened? Really? Yeah, that's what I read. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's so unfair. I'd be so angry, you know? Yeah, Imagine you, you who threw it, my gun away. Yeah, yeah. Who, who did you, this? Who well, did this? Who threw my gun away? Well, it's because she felt from what I understand from wow. one of the reports. And, and, and she, she, this this woman felt that whoever found the gun rummaging through the trash would be better suited to own it than Hunter. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Okay. Uh, Grizzlock says it's not that ninety percent don't care; it's that seventy-five percent don't even know what the heck is going on to begin with. Censorship mind. He didn't say heck. Hey, Amen. Mm. Oh, nice work. Yeah, I, I think there's truth in that. I think there's truth in that. I think it's yeah. more like 68%, really. Mm. <laughs> and that there's a 12%, you know, I think I think that's right. It is astonishing how much, well, we heard from last night, we, uh, you know, in, in the, um, you know, in the third hour, uh, about how so many people have no idea what's going on. You know, so, you know, people, especially the worst thing a person could do is rely on mainstream media. Yep. it's worse than not than 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 not even reading because it it makes you dumber. Mm. Yeah, um, the the Moffinator says, "Tired of Drew and her dash pressure of daily life? Do you feel like you don't know Jack? Do you got hairy legs? Talk to your bad calf care provider to say to see if Nexel Resin is right for you." <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful oh, super I chat. Said, Thank I you. I that up on purpose. I was just <laughs> was hoping sorry. you'd read it like that. that <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, Come on. Good. I'm not going to pass that up. Come on, man. <laughs> um, Can you do a Stewie, though, like Jack does? I mean, yeah, the Brian can write yourself a book. Yeah, all right, Lois. We have uh, Aaron Smreaker. I'm, I'm certainly not pronouncing that properly. Smreaker, Smreaker. Just say with confidence. Aaron Smrecker, uh, Seamus, <laughs> the regime's act of admitting their true intentions is a black magic practice. They will tell you what is to come, and it is up to you to stop them. Think the WEF and Agenda 2030 or Event 201. I'm curious what the rest of you think of that. Hmm. How do you stop them? I don't disagree that if, if someone's corruptly trying to destroy, distort, I don't, I don't know. One person's destruction is another person's creation. So, like, how do you do it? Hmm how yeah, yeah i don't know and what's the what are you doing exactly like what how do you stop like how do you we don't want to stop reality that means it is done for everything yeah i would we i would hate stop. that we want to keep going but how do we change it mm. i've absolutely lost track of what we're talking about oh corrupt governments how what, how you how do you step in and change a corrupt government from within the country mm. pinochet's helicopter Pinochet's helicopter tours says search for the USS Scorpion led to discovering Titanic. Okay. Yeah, all right. Okay. So I yeah, guess it's know. been a second super chatter so said it. So is that it. good mm -hmm. then? Like we have the Navy out doing whatever it needs to be doing? Are I we glad so. we found the Titanic? Yeah. I'm, look, I'm, well, look, I'm glad. glad. Or did it open up Pandora's box where now billionaires getting yeah. uh, unstable submarines and go after it? Mm. Billionaires are going to do what they want to a large extent. That's so yeah. true. Unless they're Donald true. Trump. Uh, so <laughs> Jacob says, hey, Shammers, <laughs> how you doing? Firearm industry worker here. The federal form 4473 lists question 21G. Are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug or any other controlled substance? Absolutely correct. It does. Yeah, it absolutely true. does. Um, no disputing that. So what happened was on last night's show, I said that I don't think crackheads should be able to own guns. People who are actively, you know, smoking crack and... 
people were asking or, or people were basically saying that the Second Amendment still protects that. My point is that I think it is reasonable to have uh, restrictions. And what I said yesterday is when the founders wrote the Constitution, what they said is that you need a virtuous populace in order for something like this to ever really be pulled off effectively. And one of the hallmarks of a virtuous populace is that they <clears throat> don't smoke crack. No. Yeah. You can't do that virtuously? Yeah. What if yeah. you do there's it while you're There's not virtuous. Giving... There's no crack in moderation. There's what? no like virtuous amount that you, you smoke can crack, smoke. crack, but then you give to charity. <laughs> you right. smoke crack, but you're at then, a soup kitchen. No, no, no. But hold on a second. Then yes, giving to charity or giving to the soup kitchen would be a good thing to do, but the act of smoking crack does not become virtuous. So judgmental of you. I know. Never I'm let a, us I, have any fun. I'm, 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 I'm a really, really mean guy. Jacob Jones says, Ian, it was Henry II speaking of Thomas Beckett. That's right. Thank 12th you. century with, uh, won't somebody rid me of this priest, which he said Battles. while drunkenly raving. Oh, wow. Mm. Mm. Jeez. Well, drunk man's words, sober man's thoughts. Let me tell you. Yeah, let's never go back to a monarchy. Mm. Well, we got one. Um... But just not a cool one. Would it be better to have a monarchy have a that weird... we know is a monarchy? Yeah, exactly. Because then... democracy eliminates class consciousness. It does. Sorry, I totally cut you off. Um, but, yeah. But at Shimcast, you can do what you want. Well, that's right. That's right. Better to have a monarchy that we know as opposed to like a, a corrupt, a, a visage of a democracy or a republic that's actually run by one guy in a boardroom somewhere. Or, or even if it's not one guy in a boardroom, but it's, you know, 15 guys, you know, in, in, in Davos, Switzerland, or whatever the hell, you know, however you want to imagine, you know, the New World Order. If you know, you know, monarchies have fallen, and houses of monarchies have fallen and been, and been replaced. I mean, Henry II was not a, a, a grandpa of Henry VIII. You know, there, there were... Monarchies lose, you know, can, can, there can be transitions. The, the, one of our problems, in fact, this is, um, this is, light bulb is going over my, on my head right now. I don't know if, if, if the, your cameras are sensitive enough to pick it up, but is that we are all so busy intoning our commitment to, to democracy that we are reinforcing the illusion of uh, that democracy exists. And we need to come to terms with the fact mm -hmm. that, you know, this elitist, this, this uh, multi-track system of reward and punishment exists and, you know, that democracy perhaps would be a good replacement for it. Yeah. Also, well, uh, I'll say this for anyone who's interested in the the arguments in favor of monarchy, because especially in the public school system in the U.S., they'll they'll explain to you the benefits of every system: communism, socialism, all of these horrible destructive ideologies. And then you never hear the other side of the question with the democracy versus monarchy debate. So Hans Hermann Hoppe has written a brilliant book on this called "Democracy: The God That Failed," which I would just encourage everybody to check out. It's a really good read. Very brilliant. So uh, we're coming up uh, on wrap-up time. It's been really awesome having you with us here, Ron. I want to well, thank, thank you, you for coming on My to the pleasure. show and also give you an opportunity to plug whatever it is you want to plug, my friend. You know, I'm Ron Coleman. You can find me just when, if you just Google Ron Coleman lawyer. You've got to use the word lawyer. You're going to get the bodybuilder. <laughs> you'll, you'll look for a while, and then you'll figure out it's not the same person as me. Who can uh, bench more? Well, I bench. Oh, it's just a Yiddish joke. It's not even worth it. Who can bench more? Ron, big Ron Coleman actually can barely move his arms right now. I think he's he's not a healthy man. Yeah, but be that as it may, uh, I'm on t primarily on Twitter at Ron Coleman. Spell it with an E C O L E M A N. And when you go there, you'll find all the stuff. Of course, not everyone follows me who ought to follow me on Twitter, but you know they eventually come around. <laughs> and um, 
that's all you really need to need to know. I have a podcast. It's called Culmination. The joke is culmination, finishing, finalization, not culmination, but I'm stuck. Everyone says culmination, which would be really lame. Those are your fans, right? The culmination? Uh, my fan. <laughs> <laughs> a nation of uh, I, yeah. I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. I'm so glad I got to be here for the inaugural. And thank inaugural. you for writing tonight's episode. I mean, it, yeah. yeah. It was I, a really good story. It came across very naturalistic. I would say it so. was like a fever dream right I'm here. I'm so glad her. you guys all got the script. <laughs> the, the, also, the characterization was phenomenal. I know, your character especially. Uh, <laughs> you, guys, yeah. you guys are I good actors. She kind of leaned in sometimes. That was cool. Yeah. I, the thing is, I didn't get the script, but I'm so predictable that she was able to write around me. She knew what I was going to say. I'm glad you're all public figures and I could just read through your Twitters. Uh -huh. uh, so again, I'm Hannah Glebrembo. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. You should follow at TimCast News on Twitter and Instagram. It's great. It has all the work from me, Chris Bertman, uh, Chris Carr, Cassandra McDonald. It's got lots of great stuff. Uh, I'm supposed to tell you to keep an eye on the Trash House Records uh, YouTube channel. That's from Carter Banks, our excellent mu music guy. He's got a lot of things coming up and he thanks you all for your patience. If you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at hannahclair.b and on Twitter at hcbrimlow. Again, thank you guys so much and I'll see you in, in the future, I guess. I'm Ian Crossland. Have a great night, guys. You can follow me at iancrossland.net or at iancrossland anywhere on social media and I will be happy to chat from time to time when I see you and I'll see you. On the after show, which will be very soon here. My name is Surge.com. Uh, it's been fun. It's been uh, an interesting, uh, interesting ride. That's for sure. It sure feels like, uh, sure feels like we will have an interesting after show as well. Again, Absolutely. I say it again. It will be interesting. Uh, it'll be on uh, Timcast.com for those members who have been members with it for six months and anyone over twenty five dollars membership. I think you are all able to call in. Even uh, join us there again. Surge.com on Twitter. Let's argue. I appreciate it. Uh, despite the uncanny resemblance, I am not Tim Pool. My name is Seamus Coglin. I have a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. Today we released a cartoon. It was me fixing left-wing memes for Pride Month. I had my fans send me a bunch of memes sent to them by left-wing activists or that they saw out in the wild, and I subjected myself to the torture of fixing those memes for you guys and actually turning <laughs> these left-wing memes funny. The video is about 10 minutes long, and then we have a 30-minute long version behind the paywall over at FreedomTunes.com. Oh, if you guys saw sign up you will be supporting what i'm doing you will also be supporting my team of non-woke artists who are really talented and work really hard to get these videos done now we're going to be heading over to the after show in about 10 to 15 minutes so if you guys want to go over to timcast.com if you're already members please tune in if you're not sign up watch us it's going to be a good conversation and thank you all for hanging out tonight Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.